And we are on air for Fan for Racing NASCAR Weekend Preview of Kansas. Season finale for the ARCA Racing Series and uh, also racing is the Xfinity Series. This will be the first race of their round of eight playoff. And for the Cup Series, it's going to be the elimination race for the round of 12. Joining me now is our co-host, Jay Hussman. Welcome to the show, Jay. Well, thank you, Sharon. Uh, what, more, what more can you ask for in a race weekend? One, kicking off the, the round of the playoffs, kind of establish who's going to go where. One, eliminating some drivers. And one, deciding a championship. So uh, I don't think you can ask for much more in one race weekend. It's pretty pretty amazing, isn't it? Uh, well, we're going to talk about all of that tonight on tonight's show. Uh, and just to give you an overview, in the first half hour, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about uh, a few updates from the K&N Pro Series. Uh, they're off this week, the K&N West, but they will be racing next weekend. It's their next to the last race before they determine their championship, at, and uh, they'll be racing at Kern County Raceway. Championship race will be at Phoenix when everybody goes to Phoenix. So that's going to be a lot of fun to talk about next week. Uh, but we will give you some updates about the East and the West. There's a there's a little bit of news coming out from the East as well, and we'll talk about that. We'll also do a preview of the Arkham and Arts series. This is their season finale at Kansas Speedway. So the champion will be determined after this race, and it's a close contest that uh, you and I will talk about. Now, coming up um, during the second half hour, we have a guest tonight, and uh, during the time that we normally would talk about uh, some updates from the Truck Series, we're going to have the Truck Series winner on the show with us from Talladega, Spencer Boyd, won his very first race in that series, last weekend at Talladega, and it was also a first win for Young Motorsports. So that's pretty cool. Uh, definitely looking forward to catching up with Spencer Boyd during that uh, 9 o'clock half hour. At 9.20, Jay, you and I will get into the Xfinity Series preview at Kansas Speedway. 9.40, that preview continues with the Cup Series at Kansas Speedway. And, of course, 10 o'clock is our NASCAR Hot Topic Sound Off. So uh, Andy Lasky is joining us tonight, and it is a big night for Hot Topics. Yeah, I was going to say there again, I don't know how much more you could ask for in one week of news either. <laughs> so. Exactly. It's, uh, it's a pretty big night. So uh, definitely looking forward uh, to kind of chatting about all of that. I've got my water handy. And uh, hopefully what I've got here will last me for the full two hours. Okay, so with that, let's go ahead and get into the Canon Pro Series. I'm going to start with the East, Jay, because a couple of great news stories uh, and, uh, at NASCAR Home Tracks about uh, uh, GMS President Mike Bean reflecting on their first season in the Canon Pro Series winning the championship during that first season. So that's a pretty cool article. And then also another article about driver Josh Weiss uh, working alongside Sam Mayer throughout his championship season. So uh, if you haven't checked out NASCAR Home Tracks for those stories, you'll want to head on over there. 
And that is one with the uh, former uh, Cup Series driver, Josh Wise, uh, reading about that. Learning, learning what, again, the drivers that have kind of stepped away from the driver's side of it, you know, we talk about that and what they're going to do in the future uh, in their off time then, if you will. And seeing one like Josh Wise uh, working with a young driver like that is, is so great. It, it really is. And it, it goes to show uh, that this is not only a physical uh, thing for these drivers, this is uh, also a mental game. For these drivers, and and I say game, but it, it really uh, has a mental uh, aspect to it as far as uh, having that right mental attitude to go after a championship. So uh, a really interesting article. We've we've talked about that before of of that the sports psychologist and what it really does take that pressure. It's one of those things you really can't understand or imagine unless you're in it. I mean, we can read about it all we want, but to really know it, you have to be in it. Yeah, that that's probably true. Uh, now Sam Mayer won that championship a few weeks ago. Uh, the Canon Pro Series is finished for this season, uh, but there's always news that's coming out, and we'll try to keep do our best to keep you up to date there. Now, uh, this Monday uh, on the Canon Pro Series West side, we had the winner from All-American Speedway, Jagger Jones, was on the show with us uh, to talk about that victory. He got his first victory in the series this weekend after knocking on the door several times throughout the season. So uh, another thing, if you haven't already done, uh, go and check out our podcast from Monday night. Okay, I don't know I'm if you're sorry. still well, there, Jay. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> uh, I had a message came in there, but uh, no, I was a just saying picks, that so. um, if you haven't listened yet uh, to listen to our podcast from Monday night, we had the race winner from All American Speedway on the show, Jagger Jones. Yeah, another one, a great, great young story, uh, young kid, uh, the story with him. Um, to see him get his first win, always great to to have those first-time winners on, as we will have later tonight. Yeah. He's been knocking on the door all season long, so it was really good to see him get that victory before the season ended. Now, they'll be racing next uh, at this coming, not this Saturday, but a week from this Saturday, October the 26th, at Kern County Raceway Park, and that's going to be a big event. I, I believe the SRL is racing that same weekend, and uh, this is going to be the last race before the championship race at ISM Speed Raceway on Saturday, November the 9th. So two big races coming up for the Can-Am Pro Series West. Derek Krauss still leads the series point standings there. Well, and it, it did close up that gap a little bit. Again, we've seen Derek Krauss be so strong this year. Um Hate to see anything bad happen here in the final part to this season for the KN West, but it uh, it certainly makes it more interesting, if you will, as the, as it closes uh, closes down on the end of the season if there is a points battle. Yeah, really, the points battle comes down to those drivers uh, in second, third, and fourth place, as only four points separate second place driver Trevor Huddleston from uh, fourth-place driver Haley Deegan, and, of course, in the middle there is Jagger Jones, 
uh, in third place. So it's a very tight points battle in that second through fourth place. Of course, uh, Derek Krauss has a 40-point gap uh, to second place. So uh, I think all he has to do is start that these next two races, and he's in good shape. It certainly uh, appears that way. Again, we talked about that already early on. Like I said, they didn't quite make up enough. I believe Derek Krause still finished fourth, so even with that win. But you're right, that pack of, of second, third, and fourth is just unbelievable and will be where a lot of the attention will be focused on based on that of, of Derek Krause's uh, virtual lock for the championship. Yes, indeed. So fans are definitely not going to want to miss this. Uh, these two races that are coming up here in the Canon Pro Series East. But there's another do-not-miss race uh, that's taking place this weekend, and it is the series finale for the ARCA Racing Series. The ARCA Kansas 150 will take place uh, tomorrow, the 18th of October at 7.30 p.m. Central. That's 8.30 Eastern. But there is a programming change that I want to make sure fans are aware of. It was originally scheduled to air on Fox Sports 1, but because of uh, some other sports activities that are taking place this weekend, uh, they made a change, and MAV-TV is now televising this uh, ARCA series finale at Kansas Speedway this weekend. Also, keep in mind that NASCAR.com will have streaming available of the race, so you'll be able to watch the live stream at NASCAR.com, and then, of course, the replay of the race will take place at 11 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox Sports 1. So lots of ways for fans to to see this race as it plays out, Uh, and I want to make sure it still says Fox Sports 2 on the ARCA Racing website, Uh, but these are late changes uh, that have taken place here with regard to the season finale race. And it's going to be a barn burner, like you said. Obviously, the focus on the championship, but we still also see some other drivers that are coming in. Uh, Ty Majeski, uh, some articles that are up on the Arkham Menards homepage, looking to close out the 2019 with a fourth win. Brett Holmes, hungry for his first career win as they head into that finale. Yes, indeed, uh, and and not to mention the battle between Christian Eckes and Michael Self for the championship. These are teammates, and uh, uh, it's a championship. There's 100 laps and 15 points uh, between these drivers uh, determining which one of them will end up with the championship trophy in the Arkham Menard Series for the 2019 season. Uh, so, again, this is a do-not-miss event for uh, the Arkham Menard series. Uh, and, and yeah, if you haven't already checked this out, uh, go to the Arca Racing Series.com uh, uh, site because they always have great stories leading up to the weekend of racing uh, for fans to, to tune in and, and kind of check out the storylines behind the drivers uh, coming into the race. Now, I do want to mention also, in third place is Brad Holmes, and as you mentioned, he's hungry for that first win, as is Travis Braden. He's won before uh, in the Arkham Menard Series, but not this season. He wants to get that win before the season is out, as does Joe Graff Jr. in fifth place. They all want to end their season on a very high note, and they're all going after that victory 
at Kansas Speedway this weekend. That and a bunch, bunch more. I was trying to pull up the uh, entry list here and get the full entry list. Do a quick count here, I believe. 22, uh, 24. So should be a full field again for the Arkham Menard series. Yes, indeed. That's a full field. And as you mentioned, there's several drivers uh, that uh, could be spoilers this weekend as far as race wins. Uh, Harrison Burton is going to be also racing this weekend uh, for Venturini Motorsports. And uh, he'll be in the number 20 car this weekend for Venturini, while Christian Eckes is in that number 15 car. Uh, Michael Self will be in the 25, and Ty Majeski. Uh, actually is driving with Haley Deegan will be in the 55 for Venturini Motorsports. Ty Majeski with Chad Bryant racing in the number 22. And several names right there you just mentioned. Talk about that points battle and them going after wins. Every one of those drivers (laughs) obviously there for a win and have they shot at winning it. So uh, we can't say it any more than it's a can't-miss race. (laughs) Like you've said, um, more than one occasion already. It really is. Now, with the Can-Am Pro Series East done for the season, Tanner Gray is going to be racing this weekend with DGR Crossley Racing. He'll be in the number 54 car. And the trucks are not racing this weekend, so we have Sheldon Creed in the number 28 car. Uh, for Mike Bursley and Gus Dean uh, coming back with Wintron Racing and Kevin Fluinski in that number 32 car. Uh, that's going to be a familiar sight on the track this weekend. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of his and that team, so I love to see that. Uh, again, several big names, like you said. The opportunities here in the latter part of the season as certain uh, other series wrap up and they have a little more opportunities we we get to see this, and I and I love it. I think it just adds to that next level in the Arkham Menard series. Without a doubt, uh, Riley Erbst has raced uh, the Arca series off and on throughout the season. He also raced the Truck series uh, just last weekend. Uh, he's going to be in the number eighteen again this week with Coy Gibbs. Uh, so he'll be another one to keep your eye on. He came close last weekend in the Truck series. Well, and coming out of that truck series, you mentioned you mentioned that going back to Gus Dean, uh, obviously having a horrific wreck there in the trucks. Just glad he is in yeah. the shape there to be able to be in any vehicle at this point. Uh, Riley Herbst, yeah. as you mentioned, almost had a shot at winning, so I'm sure he is super pumped up coming here to Kansas with this team. Without a doubt. Uh, and and uh, like we said, there's just so many drivers all wanting to end out their seasons on a top note. Con Nicolopoulos will be back in the number zero this weekend for Wayne Peterson Racing. Uh, we've got Dick Dohaney in the number one uh, Hillenburg car. Drew Dollar, uh, another uh, car for DGR Crosley, uh, will be in the number four. Uh, Eric Caudell in the number seven. And Tommy V. Jr. in that number ten uh, for Andy Hillenburg. And that's well, one I, I don't that think we have, in the number 11. I'm sorry. I don't think that we have hit on him enough throughout this year. Again, we've talked about obviously the championship battle up top, and I got to have to back out. But I believe that uh, Tommy V. Jr. there is sitting sixth in points and had again 
a good year, uh, especially for their, that team with the Andy Hillenberg Racing. Um, gets a little overshadowed, but is sitting sixth in points. He is indeed, yeah, sixth in points. So it has been a very good season uh, for Tommy V. Jr. And Brad Smith is right behind him there in the seventh spot. Another one that, we, again, we talk about on the entry list, uh, you know, the finishes are normally a top ten, um, but it's good for that team. Just get overshadowed by some of these teams that are having a great or phenomenal season that we've talked about a couple of them when you talk about their stats. Uh, yes, indeed. Now, back in the 69 car this weekend is Scott Melton uh, for Bill Kimmel. Uh, Tim Richmond's back in the 06 this weekend for Rain Peterson. And Carson Ware will be uh, in the number 51 this weekend with Rick Rare Racing. Another couple of names we see week in and week out. I think uh, you could see one of them come through. Take a lot. I'm not disputing that. you got some big names and teams competing up there. But these teams are capable of winning. And we've seen their good run. Um, you know, one of those of if they just have a couple of things go their way, they're going to be the ones in victory lane. Yes, indeed. So I, I think this is going to be a do not miss race. Uh, the last race of the season, these guys all want to have that victory. It's going to be a 150-mile race uh, there at Kansas Speedway, a 1.5-mile track. A lot of these drivers uh, have experience on the 1.5-mile tracks. Some of them don't have as much experience on the 1.5-mile tracks. So this will be a good opportunity to get some seat time behind the wheel. And uh, it's put that all together, and it's going to make for some exciting racing. So, uh, Jay, for some reason I've got Sal on my mind tonight. Okay. Uh, it certainly is. And, and I know people don't particularly like the mile-and-a-half cookie-cutter tracks, but I think Kansas is a very good spot, especially for the Arkham Menard Series, to wrap up their season and their championship. Yes, yes, with, uh, with, that is so true. <clears throat> and uh, I'm going to miss the Arkham Menard Series. This is the last time kind of uh, under the old format of the Arkham Menard Series that we're going to be able to see them race next year coming back will be a whole new format in with the merging of the Canon Pro Series under the Arkham Menard Series umbrella and all of that under the NASCAR umbrella. So we're going to have Arkham Menard Series, we're going to have the Arkham Menards East, the Arkham Menard Series West, and we're going to have the Arkham Menard Series Showdown uh, that will incorporate all of those series. So uh, I think it's going to be pretty exciting next season for this series. You know, that's something you mentioned there. It really made me, made me think about it. We're not only closing out, like you said, the championship for the year, but kind of a, a history of the Arkham Menard Series as we knew it, you know, with this new new format coming in next year as a, as a showdown. I know we've kind of had part of that already, but with it specifically going to combine now the K&N, which was, is now the K&N East and West, becoming the Arkham Menards East and West and how that factors into it. So it is the beginning of a new era as well. And to do that, you got to close out the old one. Yes, indeed. And uh, uh, the Arkham Menard series has been around in the uh, Midwest here for many, many years, going back to the 80s. 
and uh, I, I just uh, there's a there's a certain melancholy, but there's also a certain um, uh, elation at the same time uh, that they are now expanding to become a national series under the NASCAR umbrella. It is. It's certainly interesting. I know we've broke that down a little bit. Obviously, still some things to uh, be established on uh, on the canon. It will be the Arkham Menard Series East and West schedules, um, how that plays into their regular season, but then how many of them par- show up and participate in those showdown races um, and be a part of that. Yeah, I think NASCAR's done a good job, though, with those showdown races, uh, making them centrally located for both the East and the West, uh, allowing the drivers uh, minimal cost uh, to be able to take participate in those showdown events. Uh, if you want to know more about that, uh, let me just check something here. I think it's still available. Uh, we have an article at fanforacing.com that kind of breaks down the schedule, not for the East and West, because as you mentioned, that's still kind of uh, yet to be determined, but for the Arkham Menard series and the showdown races, uh, that's all outlined in this article and, yes, it is still available at, at uh, fanforacing.com. What you have to do is uh, just go to uh, our front page at fanforacing.com, look at the sidebar on the left, and under the NASCAR track and news and notes, you'll see the NASCAR and ARCA announce the 2020 format. Uh, and that's where all of that is laid out uh, for our readers. Uh, to check that out if they want to learn more about that, if they don't know already. And I certainly would recommend it. Again, we've been over it multiple times already. Obviously, still a couple of little questions, uh, and we'll have to wait until next year to see how it plays out, especially as it pertains to those showdown races. Um, And and I can't wait till they announce the East and West uh, schedules individually so we can take a look at that and break that down. Yes, I'm I'm kind of anxious for that too. When I originally saw it and I saw only six to seven races or something for each of those series, I thought, wow, that's a big reduction. But then what I was not taking into account is that in addition to those six or seven races, hopefully they'll also be participating in the showdown races uh, that will be taking places that will include the Arkham Menard series. And uh, that will be great experience uh, for these two developmental uh, series uh, that feed into, well, all three of these series feed into NASCAR's top three series. So uh, I think this is going to be a great developmental opportunity for a lot of these drivers. Well, I think so, even more so maybe than it has been already. Again, in this case, they, if they so choose, uh, have the opportunity to step up and run with the Arkham Menard series uh, main level. Um as well as battling for their own individual championships. I, I see where you're going. I know that shortening their season down to possibly eight races, six to eight races, puts a little more pressure on that. But I think there again, it's going to provide better racing for the fans because there's more on the on the line for each individual race as well. Then. Yes, indeed. Okay, uh, we're coming up uh, to uh, our next half hour here, and I want to make sure we get our race picks in. For this Arkham Menard series, it's going to be a tough one to call, Jay. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, let me guess, you're going to put that pressure on me right off the get-go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what. Uh, 
truthfully, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Harrison Burton as a spoiler to win the race. That way, I don't even have to pick or choose who wins the championship between <laughs> Michael Self and Christian Eckes. I'll just take Harrison Burton uh, to win the race. <laughs> you just made it tough on me because I thought you were to take one of them and then I would take the other one. It's <laughs> not gonna work out that way. Um, but I, I, Harrison Burton is a great pick. He, they just announced that he's going to be moving up to the Xfinity Series full-time in the 2020 season. So uh, I'm sure he's still pumped up about that news. Um, but, uh, gosh, who do you pick between these two, Christian Eckes and Michael mm-hmm. Self? I think it's going to be one of them that are going to win. Uh, and it's so hard to choose which one of them. Uh, I'm just going to say this to make it easy on myself. I will say it's going to be a Venturini Motorsports car in victory lane at the end of the day. How's that? Oh, come on. Now, so what did we go through? I think that's five different drivers, though. <laughs> well, that four was, drivers that was anyway. Even, You're right, five different that was drivers. Even, that, that was even <laughs> sneakier than me just not picking one of the two. You took four. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's pretty safe because – Venturini Motorsports has been so good all season long. Uh, but you know what? It is not going to surprise me if we don't see one of these other guys in victory lane this uh, in the season finale. But I think uh, Venturini is going to come loaded for bear. They want to end up the season on a high note, and they're going to go out after that victory at Kansas Speedway. So I don't, I, I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to stick with Venturini Motorsports. And you're right. You, you can't go wrong there. We have talked about this all year long. Obviously, two of them battling for the championship itself, um, the team that has run a part-time drivers, uh, clearly strong. So uh, you can't go wrong with saying it's going to be a Venturini and it would just cap off their phenomenal. <laughs> and that's one of those, I say, phenomenal seasons for that organization. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And a lot of those drivers racing this weekend that uh, got them some wins. We had Chandler Smith, who's not driving this weekend, uh, but we had Chandler Smith on our show a couple weeks ago, and uh, he certainly contributed to the success of Venturini Motorsports this season as well. Okay, uh, I want to move on here, Jay, because uh, our guest will be coming up here in the next uh, few minutes. Uh, He won. At Talladega Super Speedway, his very first victory uh, in the truck series, but it was also the very first victory for Young Motorsports. Uh, And I was reading earlier today that his sponsor on the uh, truck this weekend, first time on the truck for uh, Spencer Boyd and Young Motorsports, and they come home with a victory. So Alabama roofing professionals will uh, certainly be, I think, looking forward to getting back on that truck uh, and hopefully some future races here with Spencer Boyd. I would certainly think so, and and that's one of those. It it can't be no more rewarding when a sponsor has faith in a team and backs a team like that for them to end up in victory lane, just, you know, capitalize on that, um, and hopefully does lead to some more things with them that they can continue that partnership. Exactly. I think the other part of the interesting storyline about Spencer Boyd uh, from this past weekend is that a a couple weeks before the race, he wasn't even sure he was going to be in this race. Uh, And it was at the last minute that they put together 
uh, the sponsorship with Alabama Roofing Professionals. I'm, I'm going to mention their name a few times tonight because uh, I really applaud them uh, for getting behind this driver, uh, Spencer Boyd. And, uh, you know, he was in the right place at the right time to come home with that victory at Talladega Super Speedway. And that, and that's one of those, you got to be clear on that, of a, if you watch the race, obviously you know how it played out, and we'll get some more in-depth from Spencer Boyd once he comes on the show. But no matter what the race, uh, in an event like that, whether it be a rain short race, you put yourself in position. You were there in position. So uh, you can't take any kind of win away from a driver. Uh, absolutely. He was in the right place at the right time. And, uh, no, you know, uh, he, he raced hard that whole race. It was going to be his best finish of his career with a second-place finish. And uh, when he learned that he actually won the race, uh, that was uh, icing on the cake, uh, if, you, if you will. And uh, joining us now is Spencer Boyd with Young's Motorsports. Uh, we've been talking about your victory, Spencer. Congratulations on a well-earned victory and uh, a first for both you, uh, Young Motorsports, and your sponsor, Alabama Roofing. Yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. Thanks for having me on. Uh, such a whirlwind of emotions uh, through the past few days. Uh, still don't really have a voice, but uh, getting that victory was huge. It was huge, and uh, I've, I've never seen anybody happier than you were when you got the news. I, I watched a video of you running uh, on pit road back to your car to be able to to uh, get to victory lane. Uh, talk about your emotions, uh, and I know it was uh, you already kind of feeling pretty good about your finish, but uh, how did they escalate once you found you found out that you won? <laughs> yeah, you know uh, our small team at Young's Motorsports. Uh, we were so thrilled with uh, P2. Um, we bested our finish at fourth at Daytona with the same truck. Uh, we knew we had a good piece going into that race with Alabama Roofing Professionals, but I was so excited with P2, jumped out of the truck, everyone's high-fiving me, and the crew chief comes over, and he's like, you just won the race. I'm like, what? So uh got to go out there and do some burnouts, and it was so much fun seeing everyone's face. And the crowd went wild. They weren't mad at me, so I was happy. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, when somebody like Spencer Boyd gets out there and wins, and I know you have a huge uh, fan following anyway, uh, I'm sure they were as elated as you were to see you win, uh, get that first victory at Talladega Super Speedway. Um, and and uh, uh, talk about uh, the celebration, because I know in Victory Lane, uh, you said something to the effect you don't drink beer, but you just might do it that night. Did you have a beer? <laughs> I did not. I uh, stayed true to myself there, and uh, I've never had alcohol. Um, a lot of people laugh about that, and they're like, how are you in NASCAR? And I'm like, hey, you know, it's just uh, I just mind my own deal, and uh, I have fun. But um, that victory lane speech, I, I had no idea what I was going to say, and I go back and watch, and I'm like, oh, thankfully I didn't say anything too crazy. But, uh, yeah, that that was definitely a, a focal point. I uh, I don't drink beer, but I might tonight. So, uh now I just got to figure out what I got to do to uh, start drinking beer. Maybe I got to win another race or something. No, you say true to yourself, Spencer Boyd. I, I think you're fine just the way you are. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
Okay, now now a couple of weeks ago you weren't even sure that you were going to be in this race, and I think that's one of the amazing storylines of this backstory, Spencer. Uh, and and talk, talk, tell us a little bit about how this all came about with Alabama Roofing Professionals. Yeah, so uh, two weeks ago, um, I or two weeks before, I wasn't running the race. So I was talking to Tyler, and uh, we know this sport is sponsorship-driven. It's really tough. I do a lot of my own marketing. I have some folks that help me, and, um, you know, just kind of went to the grindstone and was like, you know, I really want to run Talladega. Um, this truck, same truck as Daytona, we finished fourth. That was my career best. I'm like, I want to get another shot. Um, I know my spotter, Freddie Kraft, can put me in a good spot, and, and we can maybe beat this finish. So I uh, just worked really hard trying to find companies, uh, kind of went regional there, uh, found uh, Mike at Alabama Roofing Professionals, and he was a huge race fan, and he jumped on board. He's only been in business 14 months. Um, he's really grown that business. We put the deal together really quick. Uh, he uh, sent me some shirts every night. We got some pictures, and I went down there, and I filmed a uh, local news commercial with him. Um, we chatted. We joked about, you know, hey, you know, you better go win this race. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, we got a good truck. I'll see what I can do. I'll put it in position. But um, there's so many things that can happen at Talladega. So for that deal, you know, I didn't know him, but on the phone to putting it together to the press release, to getting down there, shooting a commercial, going to dinner with him and his family. And then, you know, less than 48 hours later, we're in victory lane together. Um, really helped put me on the map. And uh, hopefully we put Alabama roofing professionals on the map as well. Well, I was just going to ask if fans still want to get an Alabama. Can fans get an Alabama Roofing Professionals T-shirt? Well, we don't have T-shirts right now. Um, we're looking at that. The okay. diecast race version is uh, out for pre-order. Um, I had a diecast last year, and this is our first diecast this year, and a winter version. So uh, tough to beat that. Yes. Yes, indeed. So fans will definitely want to follow you and keep track of when uh, when that comes out so that they can get on board. Okay, now with me tonight is our co-host, and that is Jay Huseman. I know he's biting at the bit. He's got some questions for you as well, Spencer. Sounds great. All right. Well, the first question I got to ask you came on. You said you were still working on getting your voice back. If that was if, if that was why you were unable to come on the Monday Night Show with uh, with the fan for racing group was you knew you just didn't have a voice yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Monday, uh, I was heading home after the Cup race. Um, still didn't really have a voice. Uh, really bad then. Um, I've been screaming. I don't know. I probably sound like a twelve year old girl out there screaming. Uh, but. It's been so much fun, and, and so many people have helped get me to this level. And uh, I've been on the phone nonstop. I probably had 1,500 text messages. Uh, so just trying to thank everyone and let them know um, how much I appreciate their support. And to finally put something in victory lane here in NASCAR, uh, I won a lot of late model races. So uh, to finally win a truck race was huge. Um, I've ran 66 NASCAR races. So uh, that's a lot of losing. And in this sport, you lose a lot more than you win. So, um you got to keep chasing those dreams. And with with that, I mean, you know, you go through that, of especially following the first-time winner of the reaction to it, how long does it really take for it to settle in for yourself that, that you really did win the race? Yeah, well, I think it's, you know, when you get home and the trophy's sitting on the kitchen table and you're by yourself and you're just like, wow. Uh, you know, you you wake up in the middle of the night as a race car driver 
you know, thinking that you won the race. I mean, I think we've probably all had that dream. Uh, you wake up and you're like, yeah, oh, all right. So that didn't really happen that way. But that'd be pretty cool. So um, finally, uh, when you wake up, you know, after a win and you walk into the kitchen and you see that and you're making your coffee and you're like, that's my trophy. That's it. We'll take it. Um, we had a – so that really sunk in then. But the biggest part of it was when Tyler Young, uh, he's such a good boss, such a great family guy, he threw a huge party. So everyone that touched that truck, everyone that works at Young's Motorsports, from the pit crew guys that we have on the weekends to the guys that sell us parts here locally, he had them all out. And we got a huge group photo. And you look back at that photo and you're like, that is a lot of people that had to touch that vehicle to put me in position to win. And you realize how small of a part you play in a victory uh, for a team like that. That was huge. Uh, I'm lucky I was the one piloting the vehicle. And what, what is that a feeling as a driver, knowing that you helped the team, not only yourself got your first win, but the a team, especially one of that size, to get their first win? It's, it's extremely special, right? Uh, everyone wants to get their first win, but uh, it's even more special when you bring a win, uh, you know, a first win to a team. Uh, Tyler Young, Young's Motorsports, his mom and dad, Becky and Randy, have invested in NASCAR and the Truck Series for seven years. Uh, 23 races a year. Uh, they were a two-car team last year. Now they're a three-truck team. That's a lot of races. That's a lot of money. Uh, so to finally get that win, I mean, we got the truck in the showroom. Uh, we got our trophies on top of it, the confetti. Uh, all the guys have wind stickers on their toolboxes. Uh, the wind banners hung up, and it's uh, it's like Thursday. So um, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> Last question I have is, is you know, with with this week and doing the celebration and whatnot that goes with that, how much has that already helped? Uh, you know, Sharon asked you and you talked about getting a sponsorship, what, 48 hours prior to this race, of being able to fill other races and build on the future for the team, for you as a driver and other opportunities. Yeah, you know, Talladega, um, it was my last race scheduled. Um, after, you know, getting that sponsor, all right, you know, Talladega, this is how we're going to end the season for me. Um, I've taken some small cup deals and opportunities just to be on the racetrack, keep my name out there and, and do everything we can. Uh, and then we started, you know, working really hard to fill sponsorship for Martinsville. Uh, so things look good. Um, things are positive. A lot of people are, you know, answering the phone and uh, continuing those conversations about partnership. Like I said, we know this is it's sports sponsorship driven. Uh, my parents work regular jobs and I was selling cars with my dad four years ago. So um, I've been fortunate to have a lot of people believe in me, uh, financially support me. So uh, this really solidifies their risk of, uh, you know, partnering with Spencer Boyd instead of a lot of other guys. So we'll take it. Um, stay tuned for some announcements coming up for Martinsville and um, you never know what's going to go on from there, but this definitely helps my situation for sure. Well, that's great. Uh, congratulations, and, uh, you know, that's the best way to start out the conversation then is, you know, Gander Outdoor Truck Series winner at Talladega, Spencer Boyd. Yeah, I get to be the most recent winner for two weeks, so thank you, NASCAR schedule. <laughs> there, there you go. You got that going, too. Sharon? <laughs> okay. Well, Spencer, um, let's talk about your team. You've already mentioned several people that are kind of a part of your team. Let's get into the, the spotter, the crew chief, 
the people that you work with on a day-in and day-out basis, uh, and, and I know you mentioned Tyler. Uh, Tyler's a great guy. We've had him on the show, you know, a few times when he was driving. Um, but but let's talk about the people who put their hands on the car and, and really make this happen for you. Yeah, you know, uh, so many people have helped me through the year on, on the 20 team. Uh, some of those guys have come and gone. Um, you know, the sport, a lot of things change throughout the year, different opportunities. Um, Buddy did a great job building that truck for us for uh, Talladega, uh, making good calls and, and giving us a good truck. And Freddie Kraft, my spotter, uh, they are an integral part of every weekend. But when you go to a super speedway, they're the eye in the sky. Uh, they tell you what to do. Um, they really do tell you what to do. Uh, it's not like other tracks where you take their guidance and you move up a lane or you do this. When the spotter says get high, you got to get high. When there's a wreck and he says go low, go low, keep going low, I mean, they're like playing a remote control. You have to listen. Um, they can see a lot more than you can. Uh, you know, it's tough to see out of these things, especially when you're drafting bumper to bumper. You can only see the truck in front of you. It's not like you can see through the windows, at, you know, rear glass, front glass. The rear spoiler is really big. So um, Freddie did an amazing job. We've worked together all year. Um, you know, I got a lot to learn on the mile and a half, so we all know that. I'm continuing to, you know, build my craft there. But um, the super speedways, we really clicked. Um, you know, we got good trucks, obviously, from Young's Motorsports. But uh, Freddie really guides me through there and helps out a lot. And he's with Bubba Wallace on the cup side. And you see Bubba excel at the speedways. So it's tough to say a driver is important, obviously, but um, a spotter can be make it or break it type deal. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And of course you're talking about Buddy Cisco, your your uh, crew chief uh on the car on the truck as well. And um uh both of those guys I know are are integral. Buddy wasn't with you the whole season, but he's been with you for this super speedway race and your win. So, uh I think that's fantastic. Um and and just talk about racing the truck series in general, because you have had 17 races in the truck series. I think it's one of the best series to watch of NASCAR's top three. Uh, the racing is always pretty, pretty intense and pretty exciting uh, throughout the entire event. Uh, some some pretty uh, stuff, stiff competition there. Yeah, it it is. Um, you know, I can't agree with you more. The truck series is probably the most fun to watch as a fan. Obviously, uh, I've been a fan for a long time. Uh, lucky to be out there running in the trucks. But the truck racing is short. Uh, there's not a lot of room for air. The guys doing pit stops, uh, they can really make a day or kill it. Um, they have to, you know, make sure all the lugs are tight. You can't have any unexpected pit stops and fight back in such a short race. So um, these guys really have to be on the ball. Pit stop's got to be on the ball. Um, the adjustments, you don't have near as much time to work on your truck throughout the race. You only pit two or three times. So um, everything's really important, and there's a lot of young kids. Um, I'd like to say I'm young. I'm 24, but I'm not the youngest out there. That's We're all young. fighting to try and, you know, build our name. So people are getting really aggressive, especially toward the end of the year. Okay, and then you mentioned that you are going to, I know you've already raced in the Xfinity Series, you've raced in the Cup Series. Uh, what are the races that you have on board? Because you mentioned that you you do have a couple of those races yet before the season's over. Yeah, you're going to have to stay tuned. Um, we're putting Martinsville together. 
Um, the cup stuff really comes quite last minute. Uh, Rick Ware and I are family okay. friends, and um, when opportunities come up, um, I jump in and drive. Uh, it's really a good experience. You know, so many people are like, you know, don't you want to go out and win every race? And, and sometimes you hop in something knowing that you're not going to compete for a win, but you do it because it's experience. Uh, you're not going to learn how to drive cup cars and trucks and Xfinity cars on the couch. So um, you got to nope. go out there and take every opportunity to uh, get seat time. Okay. So we'll definitely stay tuned for that news. Um, and talk a little bit about the difference between racing those three series, because you're one of the, the people who are, who have some experience doing that. Yeah, I've uh, been fortunate. I ran the full season of Xfinity last year um, 33 races that's a lot of experience um, I love driving for Bobby Daughter and, and those cars are a lot of fun um, the difference is the Xfinity cars you have to drive on the edge of wrecking all the time uh, the trucks feel a lot more stable uh, they punch a big hole in the air they have a lot of side force so going fast in a truck feels a lot more comfortable and then the cup car the boundary of the edge is so small uh so you're out there driving as fast as you can and you're pushing the limits and you just feel good you feel like you're right on the edge and then you just it doesn't take much to cross that and you're wrecking sideways and next thing you know you're in the fence so um those are the things you got to keep in the back of your mind when you switch from vehicle to vehicle especially pulling double duty uh, when i did the truck at michigan and the cup car at michigan that was my first ever cup race and that was wild. The cup races are so long, too. Yes, yes. I think that's one of the things that really distinguishes cup from uh, all of the other series is the fact uh, that you have to be able to endure the length of those races. Uh, and uh, that's that's what makes these survivors stand out, I think, from all the rest. Um and, and uh, again, we're so excited that you were able to get that win this weekend. And uh, uh, do you know if you're going to be back with Young's Motorsports uh, for next season yet or not? Yeah, right now. Um, I'm not sure. I'm definitely working on things to end up um, back at Young's. Uh, I love that place over there. Uh, that family means so much to me, and they've really taken a chance on me this year. Um, so you always look to go back to the same place um, to build on what you've already built. Uh, just keep expanding, growing together. Um, you know, Tyler's real good at making little changes in every team to try and make things better, make the overall team faster, average finishes better for everyone. Uh, there's three trucks over there. There's over 30 employees. Um, so hopefully I'm one of those employees. But uh, Tyler and I are, are working diligently to uh, make 2020 happen and 2020, 20 truck, I mean, it needs to happen. It needs to happen. I agree. Okay, so, uh, again, race fans uh, need to stay tuned to uh, Spencer Boyd and Young's Motorsports for any news that comes out of there with regard to the upcoming races as well as the 2020 season. And, uh, uh, Spencer, before you go, a chance for any other shout-outs that you want to make uh, before we say good night and uh, how fans can follow you. Absolutely. Well, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on here and chat. Um, such a special weekend for myself and my family. Uh, really got to thank Alabama Roofing Professionals for coming on board. So give them a like on social media. If you're in Alabama, check them out. Uh, so many folks, uh, Wilkerson Automation has been with me since I was eight years old. 
Uh, a lot of great partners this year from 1A Auto all season long. Uh, great auto parts, quality parts online. Uh, Kick-Ass Beef Jerky, Console Vault, DLX Mattress, uh, Sad Daddy Hunting Blinds. Uh, just so many folks have helped me make it to the racetrack. Um, some partners that have come on as late um, are uh, Freedom Warranty, uh, MGP Caliper Covers. So many folks helped me get to the racetrack. I'm really lucky to be out there. Uh, stay tuned for announcements. You can follow me on Twitter at Spencer Boyd, Instagram Spencer Boyd PR, and Facebook Spencer Boyd Racing Fan Page. All right. Well, Spencer, again, thanks so much for being on board uh, tonight on Fan for Racing Radio, and uh, we hope this is the first of many uh, for you in the Gander Outdoor Truck Series, the Xfinity Series, or the Cup Series, because <laughs> I know you race all three. <laughs> Yeah, I get out there as much as possible, but uh, I appreciate the support. All right. Well, you take care and good luck uh, with Martin Phil, and we'll wait for the news. Awesome. Thanks so much. Okay. Take care now. All right. That is Spencer Boyd. Always fun catching up with him, and uh, pretty excited about that win, Jay. It is. You, you love to see that for, for somebody to get their first win, the team to get that first win, and it already paying dividends. Like, didn't even know if he was going to make that race that came together. That was supposed to be his last race. There's possibility of things in the works, and you know it's just got to help them build for the future. Yes, yes. And, and uh, again, uh, kudos uh, to Alabama roofing professionals uh, for coming on board with them. Uh, for this season, it certainly paid off for them as far as visibility for their company out there in Alabama. And uh, uh, I hope they uh, look at uh, potential sponsorships uh, down the road here as well. Okay, so with that, I think it's time for us to get on now with our uh, preview of the Xfinity Series. But before I do that, I want to mention that uh, the the Truck Series We'll be racing again next at Martinsville. Uh, that race is not this weekend. It will be uh, next weekend, Saturday, October the 26th. The NASCAR Hall of Fame 200 will take place at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time and will be televised on Fox Sports 1 starting at 1 p.m. Eastern Time as well as on MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. Uh, last year's winner, by the way, at Martinsville was Johnny Sauter. So uh, he may be coming back uh, looking for some uh, another back-to-back victory here in the uh, Xfinity Series. <clears throat> I mean, in the Truck Series. Uh, as I'm, far as the Xfinity Series, go ahead. As I'm saying, I'm sure he's looking for redemption, uh, not just at that track, but for his season. So expect him to see Johnny <laughs> Strong, no doubt. Yes, I agree. Okay, now the Xfinity Series is racing the Kansas Lottery 300 this weekend on Saturday, October the 19th at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. NBC is covering the pre-race broadcast starting at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time, as well as MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. Now, they'll be racing a distance of 300 miles over 200 laps. So stage one ends on lap 45, stage two on lap 90, and the last stage ends on the last lap, lap 200. Last year's winner was John Hunter Nemechek, and I know he's looking for a good race uh, before the end of the season as well. So uh, we'll see what happens there. 
Well, when we look at other drivers, we got to start the uh, hot parade laps here with one of the top three to be considered anyway, and that's the Tyler Reddick in the number two Richard Childress Racing Chevrolet Camaro. Age 23, born January 11, 1996, comes out of Corning, California. Driving, uh, I'm sorry, his hobbies include riding ATVs, ATVs, gaming, and working on cars. Has Randall Burnett there with the Richard Childress Racing. Career highlights, he's got some big ones already. He won the 2018 NASCAR Xfinity Series Championship and was this year's regular season champion. He also won the Sunoco Rookie of the Year honors last year, just the third driver in series history to win the title in his rookie season, joining Chase Elliott in 2014 and William Byron in 2017. Speaking of 2017, that's when he captured his first Xfinity Series victory at Kentucky while running a partial schedule. He currently has six career wins. Part of that for this year, again, he was the regular season champion, He's currently ranked third now in the series playoff standings with 3,044 points. In 29 starts this year, he's posted three poles coming at Daytona twice and California once. He's got five wins. Those came at Talladega, Charlotte, Michigan, Bristol, and Las Vegas. 21 top fives and 24 top tens, which leads the series in both top fives and top tens. He's also won the four stages on the way to accumulating those 44 playoff points. When we look at this weekend's track, Kansas Speedway, he's made two series starts, posting a pole and two top five finishes. His average finish for the playoff, his average finish as a playoff driver is a playoff driver leading 3.5. Okay, let me break that down. Playoff drivers that are racing at Kansas, he's at the top of that list with a 3.5 average finish. That was a really confusing statement. (laughs) Right. Well, this next driver is not part of the big three in the Xfinity Series, but he's hoping to be part of the final four at Homestead, Miami. Justin Algauer, one of the veterans of the series in the number seven for junior motorsports, uh, was born June 6th of 1986, making him 33 years old. He's uh, from Riverton, Illinois, my home state, uh, he loves uh, remote control cars, weightboarding, uh, uh, graphic design, and dirt racing. Uh, his crew chief is Jason Burdett with Junior Motorsports. Now, in his career, uh, in 2018, he won the Xfinity Series regular season championship, made the playoffs for the third consecutive season after posting his career high of five wins on the season. In 2016 and 17, uh, Justin Algauer made the championship four in the Xfinity Series playoffs. Uh, and in 2011, 2016, and 2017, he scored his best, uh, his career best third place finish in the Xfinity Series standings. Uh, that's pretty impressive. He also won his first career Xfinity Series race in 2010. That was in the March Bristol race, and he currently has 10 Xfinity Series wins. Now, in 2009, he won the Sunoco Rookie of the Year honors in the Xfinity Series. This year, he's currently fifth in the Xfinity Series playoff standings. He's at 3,014 points, and in 29 starts this season, he has 14 top fives, 21 top tens, with an average finish of 9.4. 
At Kansas, he has the most experience at Kansas among all the playoff drivers, having made eight series starts. Uh, and at that track, he has two top fives, he has five top tens, and his average finish at Kansas Speedway is 11.6. All right, now we got Chase Briscoe, the number 98 Stuart Haas racing Ford with Fred Biagi Mustang. He's a young one at age 24, born December 15, 1994. Comes from Mitchell, Indiana. Enjoys spending time with family, online racing, and watching sports. Uh, Richard Boswell II is the crew chief over there on the number 98. He made his uh, Xfinity Series debut in Atlanta 2018. Ran 17 races last season, and that was for Roush Racing for 12 of them. Stuart Haas Racing with Fred Biaggi for five, and won the inaugural race at the Charlotte Roval. He made now he's made the 2019 Xfinity Series playoffs in his rookie season. As we cap that re- season, he's currently ranked sixth in the NASCAR Xfinity playoff standings with 3,013. He started 29 races, posted one win, which came in Iowa on the second trip there. He's had 11 top fives and 23 top tens with an average finish on the year of 8.1. He's won three stages and accumulated 13 playoff points. He made his track debut at Kansas Speedway last season, but start, uh, started 12th, but finished 30th. Okay, I know Chase Briscoe wants to be part of that Final Four at Homestead, Miami, too. Unfortunately, uh, there's only four drivers that can make it, and it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I'm pretty sure the big three are going to make it, but we'll see who that fourth driver is going to be. Okay, now Cole Custer is one of those big three drivers. He drives the number 00 for Stuart Hawes Racing and was born January 23rd of 1998. He's just 21 years old from Ladera Ranch, California, and he loves watching sports. His crew chief is Mike Shiplett with Stuart Haas Racing. Now, uh, in his career in the Xfinity Series, he made the championship four in 2018, where he finished runner-up in the final driver standings in his number 004. He won the owner's title, though, for Stuart Haas Racing during that same year. He also made the playoffs and finished fifth in the Xfinity Series championship standings during his rookie year, which was 2017. Uh, Custer has nine career Xfinity Series wins, including Homestead, Miami, Texas, Auto Club Speedway, Richmond, Pocono, Chicago, Kentucky, Darlington, and Dover, including last year's playoff race at Texas Motor Speedway in order to win his way into the championship for finale. Now, this year he's ranked second in the playoffs for the Xfinity Series. His points are at 3,050 points. In 29 starts this season, he's posted six poles at Bristol, Dover, Pocono, Iowa, New Hampshire, New Hampshire and Las Vegas. He also has seven wins, uh, California, Richmond, Pocono, Chicago, Kentucky, Darlington, and the second Dover race. Uh, Add to that, he has 15 top fives and 21 out of 29 starts, 21 top tens. He's won seven stages, giving him 50 playoff points. 
At Kansas, he's made three starts there, uh, putting up a best finish of 19th in 2017. His average finish is 26.7, and he finished 26th in this race last season. Uh, I know Cole Custer wants to do better than that uh, going into Kansas this week. All right. Are you there, James? Uh, yeah, I think I missed something there. Um, go up to looking at the Xfinity Series. Uh, Sunoco rookies, we got just two left with the elimination of John Hunter Niemanchek and Justin Haley from the Xfinity Series playoffs. Uh, there's only the two remaining, and that's Chase Briscoe we talked about and Noah Gregson. Currently, Briscoe holds the rookie standings by eight points following Gregson after Dover. And looking ahead, Gregson will be making his series track debut this weekend at Kansas, but Briscoe is looking to rebound from his series track debut last year that I mentioned where he finished 30th due to suspension problems. Okay. Uh, now we're going to repeat uh, a little bit here, but we'll go. I'll go over the round of eight playoff drivers at Kansas. Uh, we'll go bottom up here. Michael Annette uh, has made seven series starts at Kansas Speedway, posting one top ten finish. His average finish at the track is at 19.4. Chase Briscoe is next, making his series track debut uh, last year at Kansas. He started 12th, and as we mentioned earlier, he finished 30th. Justin Algauer, uh, as we've already mentioned, has the most experience at that track. He's got two fives, top fives, five top tens. His average finish, again, is at 11.6. Austin Sendrick made his track debut at Kansas last year. He started fourth but was caught up in an incident, uh, relegating him to 39th place finish. Tyler Reddick, again, two series starts at Kansas, posting a pole and two top five finish with an average finish. Uh, an impressive average finish of 3.5. Cole Custer with three starts at Kansas. Uh, best finish was 19th in 2017. His average finish, is, though, is 26.7. He finished 26th in this race just last season. Christopher Bell has made two series starts at Kansas Speedway, posting one win in 2017. He has one top five, and his average finish at Kansas is 19th due to a DNF in this race just last season. So a lot of these top five drivers, uh, of these top five drivers, it looks like uh, uh, Ruddick has the best stats, but uh, you got to know that these guys are going to be putting forth uh, every effort uh, this weekend at Kansas. Well, it doesn't get any easier into this next round of the playoffs with just eight of those original 12 still vying for that 2019 title. The pressure to perform has heightened, and this Saturday's Kansas Lottery 300 at Kansas Speedway is that perfect stage for the challengers to battle it out. Round of eight contenders in order of seeding. We're talking about Christopher Bell, number 20, Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota, Cole Custer, the double zero, Stuart Haas Racing Ford, Tyler Reddick in the number two Richard Childress Racing Chevrolet. Austin Sindrick in the number 22 Penske Ford. Justin Algar we talked about in the number seven Junior Motorsports, as well as Chase Briscoe in the 98 Stuart Haas Racing with Ford Fred, uh, Ford, Fred Biaggi Ford. Michael Annette in the number one Junior Motorsports. And Noah Gregston in the number nine Junior Motorsports, both of those being Chevrolets. 
And when we look at the round of 12, we saw three different winners. Christopher Bell captured that first win at Richmond. Then non-playoff driver A.J. Allmendinger come in and does what he does, took the checkered flag at that highly competitive Charlotte Motor Speedway Roval the following week. And then last weekend, Cole Custer rounded out that three-race segment with a victory at Dover. And then with that, four drivers, John Hunter Nemechek, Justin Haley, Ryan Sieg, and Brandon Jones were eliminated. And I believe you put these uh, charts all up last week. Did you not, Sharon? I did not, but I will put them up this week. <laughs> I, right. I've uh, been we'll, really busy. Okay. Well, give a we'll quick highlight here of this first one, at least the playoff stats for them. Okay, because we're, we're kind of winding down here before the 840 time frame. But go ahead. Okay. Uh all right, well, with the with the eight that are remaining, uh, Christopher Bell, and these are with three starts, has the one win uh, across the board, top five and top ten, has led two, uh, 257, average start of 7.0. I'll hit some highlights here. The average finish of 12.7. Cole Custer, the other one up there at the top with a win, but does have two top fives as well as three top tens for the round. Average start of 6.3 and the average finish of 4.0. Another one I'd highlight there is Austin Sindrick. Also has three top fives, all three in the top five, three top tens, one pole. He's led 38 laps, average start of 2.0, and the group best 2.7 finishing average. And then right behind him, uh, last one here, Allgaier, three top fives as well in those three races, led 67 laps. Average start of 5.7, second best with a 3.3 average finish. Uh, but they're ranked fourth and fifth going into this round. Yes, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun, definitely, to watch these guys in this first round, first race of the round of eight. Uh, now, <clears throat> with the Xfinity Series, first three playoff races in the books. Eight drivers are moving on uh, in this round at the title uh, in order for a chance at the title in the championship four at Homestead Miami Speedway. But first, the eight playoff contenders must face each other at Kansas Speedway, Texas Motor Speedway, and ISM Raceway at Phoenix to decide which four are going to get to move on. Uh, This week, of course, it's Kansas Speedway, uh, a 1.5-mile paved oval track that has variable banking in the turns ranging from 17 to 20 degrees that will host the first race of this round. This, again, is a 200-lap, 300-mile playoff event that is broken up into three stages. Uh, The first two stages are 45 laps each. The last stage will be uh, 110 laps in total and will mark the 19th time the Xfinity Series has competed at Kansas. Now, the first series event at Kansas was on September 29th of 2001, and it was won by 2000 Series champion Jeff Green. The first 18 Xfinity Series races have produced 14 different pole winners and 14 different race winners. Kyle Busch, of course, leads the series and wins at Kansas with four victories. Since the inception of the playoffs in 2016, Kansas has maintained the fourth race of the postseason. Interestingly, Kansas Speedway and Charlotte Motor Speedway, the road course, 
are the only two active tracks in the playoffs that have not had a playoff driver win their playoff races ever. In 2016, uh, Cup Series driver Kyle Busch won the inaugural Kansas Xfinity playoff race. Then in 2017, then the Gander Outdoor Truck Series driver Christopher Bell grabbed his first Xfinity Series win in the Kansas playoff race. And again in 2018, John Hunter Nemechek on a part-time Xfinity Series schedule grabbed the checkered flag to play the postseason spoiler. So you got to wonder if somebody's going to do that again this year. The Kansas playoff race this weekend will be the eighth different Xfinity Series race on a 1.5-mile track this season. And of the playoff drivers, Tyler Reddick has put it the best average finish on 1.5-mile tracks this season with a 5.0. He's followed by Noah Gregson at 6.7, Michael Annette at 7.0, Cole Custer at 10.7, Chase Briscoe at 11.0, Austin Sindrick at 11.9, Christopher Bell at 12.9, and Justin Algauer at 13.1. So uh, hopefully that's going to help you with your Xfinity Series fantasy picks this weekend. Uh, there's a lot to look forward to uh, definitely with this race. It most certainly is. And, again, kicking off the uh, the round there, going to help establish who still has it if they're on a roll who else can jump up there in there and jump in and maybe battle it out and get in amongst those top three that we've seen every year okay up next is the monster energy nascar cup series uh they are racing the hollywood casino 400 at kansas speedway sunday october the 20th at 2:30 p.m eastern time pre-race coverage will again be on nbc starting at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, as well as MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. They're racing a distance of 400.5 miles, over 267 laps. Stage 1 ends on lap 80, stage 2 on lap 160, and the final stage ends on the last lap, lap 267. Last year's race winner was Chase Elliott. So, uh, uh <laughs> This will be an elimination race for the NASCAR Cup Series, uh, so the intensity will be intense, <laughs> to say the least. It certainly will be. Hit some uh, parade laps here for the high laps on the Monster Energy Cup Series. I'm going to start with Martin Truex, age 39, out of Mayetta, New Jersey. The series' best six-time race winner this season essentially survived Talladega with a 26-place finish after being caught up uh, in the middle of a big multi-car accident early in the day. This is the first time in five playoff races that he finished worse than seventh after winning the opening two races at Las Vegas and Richmond. Now, he heads to Kansas Speedway, ranked second in the championship standings, eight points behind Joe Gibbs racing teammate Denny Hamlet. He's a two-time winner at Kansas. In 2017, became the only driver to sweep a season's race. Uh, season's races there. He was 19th at Kansas this May and finished fifth in last year's playoff race. Okay. Now, William Byron is up next, 21 years from Charlotte, North Carolina. He's endured a race of extremes of Talladega. He won stage one and was running top ten for most of the afternoon 
when he was collected in a multi-car accident. He led 13 laps at Talladega. Uh, it was the eighth time this season that he's led in the double-digit uh, laps of a race, but his 33rd-place finish leaves him 12th among the current, 12, the current playoff field. He is 27 points behind 8th place Joey Logano heading into Kansas Speedway, and his best finish in three cup races there is 20th. This May is when he finished that race in 20th. He did win a Gander Outdoor Truck Series race at Kansas in 2016, and at that time he finished fourth in the Xfinity Series race. That was in 2017. Ryan Priest, age 28, comes out of Berlin, Connecticut, coming off an 18th place finish at Talladega and matched, his, matched with his 19th place run at Dover the week before. He has now had back-to-back top 20 efforts three times this season. He's currently ranked 28th in the championship, but only 17, 17 points behind his closest Snowco Rookie of the Year challenge. Uh, challenger, sorry, Daniel Hemrick. He's the driver of the number 47 JTG Daughtery Chevrolet, started 22nd and 25th in his only his previous cup start at Kansas. His best previous finish on the similar 1.5-mile track is 21st, and that was at Kentucky this summer. Okay, he's not a playoff driver, but uh, he's been having a fairly good season, and it's nice to put a spotlight on him going as we continue into the playoffs here. Now, next up is Chase Elliott. Number He's 23 from Dawsonville, Georgia. He rallied to an eighth-place finish last week at Talladega, but he still needs to make up some ground in the championship hut hunt this week at Kansas Speedway, where he's the defending Hollywood Casino 400 race winner. Now, Elliott, the driver of the number nine for Hendrick Motorsports, has three top ten finishes in the opening five playoff races, but a 38th place finish at Dover last week uh, was the result of an engine problem. Has this season's three-race winner uh, still having to make up some ground in the championship, and I said last week that was actually the race before Talladega. Uh, he actually rebounded at uh, Talladega last week uh, to to have a fairly decent finish. Uh, <clears throat> he has four top ten and three top five finishes in seven Kansas starts. He's also led 40 fa- 44 laps last October uh, on his way to victory and 45 laps this May. Uh, on his way to his fourth-place finish. Now, Elliott has placed fourth or better in three of the last four Kansas races he's been in. Okay. Kurt Busch Bush is 41. He comes out of Las Vegas, Nevada, was one of the many caught up in some sort of accident at Talladega, ultimately taking the 28th-place finish in the number one Chip Ganassi Racing Chevrolet. Although he made the 16-driver playoff field, Bush was eliminated from championship contending following that first round. He shows up at Kansas Speedway this week, though, looking for redemption. He has yet to win in 27 Kansas starts, but has come close, finishing runner-up both in 2013 and the 2017 fall races. In 2011, he led a race best 152 laps 
but had to settle for ninth place while his then-team Penske teammate Brad Keselowski hoisted the trophy. Bush was seventh there this May and 18th in the October playoff race last year. Okay, just announced Clint Boyer uh, will be racing with Stuart Haas Racing for the 2020 season, uh, 40 years old from Emporia, Kansas. Uh, he really needs a good showing at his home track. Uh, a 23rd place finish last week at Talladega on Monday drops him to 11th in the standings with only the top eight drivers advancing to the next round of the playoffs uh, following the race this week at Kansas. Now, Boyer had a streak of three consecutive top ten finishes snapped at Talladega, and he now trails eighth-place driver Joey Logano by 24 points. The driver of the number 14 for Stuart House Racing is still looking for his first candidate victory. He's had seven top ten finishes there, three top five efforts, and in 22 starts at the 1.5-mile track. He's led 12 laps and finished fifth this past May. The most laps he's led in the race since his first Kansas start uh, when he led 43 laps, and that was in 2006. Now we take a look at the best of the rest. Uh, Eric Almarola is continuing a competitive trend he mastered last season. Although he advanced to the pendulum playoff round last year, he raced competitively enough to finish a career-high fifth in the point settle, uh, points standing. Best, among those, best amongst those not racing for the title in Homestead. And he's on a similar pass excuse me, a similar path this year. The driver of the number 10, Stuart Haas Racing Ford, was 13th after the first round of the playoffs with its top 12 moving on, so just that one spot out. Since then, he's maintained that ranking as coming off a fourth-place finish at Talladega this past weekend. As for the drivers who missed the playoff cut, a certain number, a certain seven-time series champion is leading the way. Hendrick Motorsports' Jimmy Johnson holds a one-point edge over Stuart Haas Racing's Daniel Suarez in the standings after both drivers were involved in accidents on Sunday. Johnson's nine top fives and 18 top tens at Kansas are the most in the field in both categories. Now, for the start of the playoffs at Las Vegas to last week's race at Dover, Johnson finished in descending order 11th, 10th, 9th, and 8th before Sunday's uh, DNF. Suarez, the first driver to miss the playoff cut, has only had one top five in those five playoff races. That was one top ten in five playoff races. Oh, I'm sorry, I misread that. Okay, now then, uh, and... Okay, hopefully we can get this all in. Okay, uh, playoff bubble gets kind of bouncy here uh, because uh, there's uh, the playoff round has certainly provided a lot of drama uh, for many racing prognosticators, particularly based on the regular season showings. Now, two race winners in this three-race playoff round, Kyle Larson at Dover and Ryan Blaney, uh, Monday at Talladega celebrated their first victories of the season. That leaves several other pre-playoff favorites challenging for one of the remaining six positions to transfer into the round of eight. 
Now, Alex Bowman, who earned his first career win at Chicagoland this summer, is ranked ninth. He's 18 points behind Joey Logano. His Henrik Motorsports teammate, Chase Elliott, a three-time race winner, is ranked 10th, and he's 22 points behind Joey Logano. Uh, along with that is Kansas native Clint Boyer, who's 11th, 24 points behind, and third, uh, the third motor, Hendrick Motorsports driver still racing for a title is 21-year-old William Byron, who's ranked 12th, 27 points behind Joey Logano. Ironically, Byron and Boyer were the two-stage winners in last week at Talladega before being collected in multi-car incidents and having a mechanical issue. It was a multi-car incident for Byron and a mechanical issue for Boyer. Nevertheless, it's go time for these four drivers. Uh, of these, Three of these four drivers finished top five in the spring race. Bowman was runner-up, Elliott was fourth, and Boyer was fifth. And Elliott is the defending race winner. Bowman's work in May was his third top ten finish in the last four races at Kansas. The driver of the number 88 for Hendrick Motorsports was ninth last year's fall race, and, but he was involved in a crash while leading the Talladega race on Monday and has three top ten finishes in the five playoff races, including a runner-up finish at the Charlotte Roval just three races ago. Elliott certainly brings confidence into the event as the defending winner, uh, and again, the driver of the number nine Hendrick Motorsports Chevrolet rallied to a fourth-place finish in May, uh, Kansas, after qualifying a season-worst 32nd place. He has 40. He has, I'm sorry, four top ten and three top five finishes in seven Kansas races. Boyer has reason to feel optimistic as well. Uh, as the driver of the number 14 for Stuart Haas Racing, he has three top tens in five playoff races this season. He started on the outside pole at Kansas this spring. He led 12 laps and finished fifth. One of three top fives and seven top tens in 22 career starts on his home track. He was 13th last year at the Kansas playoff race and has a career best finish of runner-up in the 2007 fall Kansas race. Now, Byron, who won the opening stage at Talladega, his second stage win of the season, now finds himself needing to rally in order to advance to his first playoff appearance. The 21-year-old 2017 Xfinity Series champion has been right eighth prior to Talladega, just on the cutoff line to move to the next round. Now he'll have to turn in a career-best day at Kansas Speedway, which hasn't necessarily been a highlight on his resume. He only has one finish and three starts there, finishing 20th this May and leading his first laps uh, just four. So uh, a lot of work to do there for these drivers. All right. Now we take uh, Truex. He's feeling those good vibes. After another so-so outing at the Talladega Big Track on Monday, Martin Truex Jr. must be eager to head west. The 2017 champion is the only driver in history, again, to sweep a season's races at Kansas Speedway happening in 2017, and then he finished runner-up there in the very next race, a three-race streak of excellence unmatched in the track's 19-year history. Eight of his nine top ten finishes have 
been fifth place or better. He was fifth in a playoff race in this playoff race last year and 19th here at Kansas this past May. Now, Truex is already the winningest driver of 2019 with six victories, including two in the playoffs coming at Las Vegas and Richmond. He's second in the championship standings, eight points behind his Joe Gibbs Racing teammate, teammate Danny Hamlin. He salvaged a 26th-place finish at Talladega after the number 19 Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota suffered crash damage. Part of that, worst finish in four playoffs races, was seventh at the Roval. He was runner-up at Dover the prior or a week ago. Truex won the 2017 title with a career-best eight wins and finished runner-up to Joey Logano last year. Seven-time champion Jimmy Johnson, the only active driver to earn more than one title. So that's okay, that, his gonna, outlook uh, coming into these next races. Okay, I'm going to summarize these next topics. We've got too many to finish up in five minutes. Uh Team Penske is really peaking at a great time uh, here in the playoffs. They've had some good runs. Uh, Ryan Blaney, of course, won at Talladega. Uh, Keselowski is the most recent Kansas winner. He won last May. And then, of course, Joey Logano is the defending cup champion. So they are definitely drivers to watch this week at Kansas. Uh, For Kyle Busch, it's turnaround time. Uh, It's been uncharacteristic for him to be so quiet in the playoffs. Uh, but now it's time to kind of turn it on uh, if he expects to make the playoffs uh, going into uh, this next round. Uh, we'll see what he does here at Kansas, but uh, it's turnaround time for Kyle Busch. Uh, also, Kevin Harvick is very happy. He's another driver uh, peaking at the right time uh, here in the playoffs, and uh, he's uh, making his name uh, part of the conversation of being one of the final four at Homestead, Miami. Hamlin also has had a lot of good things going his way. Uh, Hamlin's uh, measured and motivated to run for his uh, Cup Series title, uh, but uh, uh, he's, uh, he's got to really uh, fight some demons, if you will, and make sure he keeps his, his uh, championship run alive. He did a good job of that at Talladega. Elliott also needs a strong performance at Kansas, as we've outlined earlier. He's on the outside looking in right now uh, below the uh, top eight cutoff line, so uh, he needs to come back with an impressive performance here at Kansas Speedway this weekend. Uh, So uh, uh, a lot to look forward to with this Kansas race in the Cup Series. Again, it's an elimination race. Uh, That's going to bring a lot of tension for the drivers and a lot of tension on the track uh, for this uh, last race to determine who the round of eight drivers will be to move on to that next round. All right. What do you want me to do here? Okay. Uh, well, we've got two minutes. Uh, can we do a quick uh, update on the fantasy game? Less okay. Than two Let me pull that. I know, again, we had a little bit of changes here. Uh, the cup side, I took the point lead there, 99-97 over you, Sharon. Sam's at 90. That was the change at the top there. And with the trucks running this weekend, that closed up a little bit. Uh, I now lead that at 69 points. Andy has 63. 
Uh, James was at 41. Sharon, you're at 40. Sam at 36 on that one. And I believe we only have two on the cup side so far. Uh, Chase Elliott, we talked about him. He's been picked by Andy, and Sam took Martin Truex. On the Xfinity side, James started us off with Christopher Bell, and Sam took Tyler Reddick. Okay, so uh, that that really helps. Uh, we still got some picks to come in in, in uh, both of those series, uh, the Xfinity series and the Cup series. I'm sure we will get them in before the green flag. And, uh, uh, again, uh, it's been a lot of fun, and we thank you, Jay, for uh, taking the reins on that and uh, making sure that uh, we've got the right points set established each week uh after the picks have come in and the and the winners have been in, have been determined and uh i know that's a lot of work and we appreciate your efforts there all right well you are next i don't know if you i know it's buried a little deep there in the messenger with all we've had going on throughout this week but uh with sam taking oh, martin tricks you are next on the cup side and then andy is next up on Xfinity, and i know he's going to be landing here shortly Okay, well, let me uh, think about this for a minute. All right. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and I, I'll I know tell you one, who my I know one of your picks there has obviously been taken by Sam taking Truex. Yeah, well, and I wasn't necessarily going to take Truex this week anyway, so uh, I'm not too upset about that. Although I hope he does win because I think it would be uh, really great for him to win at Kansas. Uh, it's not been one of his better tracks. Uh, Chase Elliott's already been taken on the cup side. Um, I think, I know, let me think about this. We've got a lot of drivers to think about here. Oh, you know what? I've been taking Harvick. Uh, I'm going to stick with Harvick. I think Harvick's going to get the win. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and write that down, and then I don't have to flip the coin because that was one of the two. I had narrowed mine down to two uh, left. I'm going to go with Brad Keselowski then. Uh, Kevin was one one of my options as well as Keselowski, so you made that a little bit easier on me in that case. Okay, so there you have it. Uh, All right, we are at the top of the hour. Uh, I know Andy plans to join us. He's coming uh, in from work. His plane is landing, and I know he's uh, trying to get uh, settled in and uh, and back home. So uh, he will come on board here as quickly as possible, and we'll watch for that. Uh, I want to go ahead and get started. I lost my page here, but I want to go ahead and get started uh, with my hot topics here uh, for tonight. And I'm going to start with the partnership for the 2020 season in the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, Two partners have now come on board. Uh, If there's more than that, uh, let me know. But uh, I know two were announced this week. Geico has signed on as a partner for the Cup Series in 2020 under the new format, uh, as well as... Uh, another announcement uh, came out today. Pertec announced uh, a two-race Cup Series partnership for the 2020 season. So uh, Pertec 
uh, for two races. And the Geico partnership, let me um, let me just kind of uh, review this here again. Uh, a new sponsorship model. He's they haven't. Let me look here. They're going to be a premier partner in the new Cup Series sponsorship model next season. Uh, so uh, that probably means an overall partnership for the season uh, with GEICO. So that's uh, really good news with GEICO and really good news with Pertech uh, taking on two of those partnership races. All right. Now I was trying to uh, pull that up. Okay, there's the Pertech one. I was looking for the Geico one, or is that under the same one? I see where the project would no, start there. No, it's further there. down. Okay. Um, with, that, with that, again, we don't know the exact, and I hadn't actually read these articles, so I'm going to kind of quick scan through them, of what exactly that entails. I know you said that uh, Geico was going to be one of the premier ones. I haven't seen anything that defines what that is, but... Pertech obviously uh, going to be a partnership for two specific races, whereas Geico might be a part across the season if that's what defines a premier one versus a race-by-race sponsor one. Uh, Regardless, I think it's great. Geico is not a surprise. They have obviously been very involved in racing uh, for multiple years now, still being a sponsor of the number 13 Jermaine Racing team. So to see them step up as one of those sponsors as part of NASCAR as a whole is not surprising. Yeah, let me let me yeah, let me um uh clarify it. Uh because it looks like uh this is a sponsorship for Team Pinsky with Brad Keslowski and um Joey Logano. You're right. As I, as I was scanning that, I was seeing that, and I was trying to see if there was something more down in. But you're right. That one appears to be a team sponsorship, I guess. Um, yeah. Like I said, now with, here we go. Okay, now here's the Geico one, so let me scan that one. But that one is one that, again, great to see these teams that are getting the sponsorship as well. And that's where this concern comes in of sponsors possibly getting a better value by sponsoring a part of the cup series versus a team. I know we had talked about that monster energy was the title sponsor, still sponsored a car. We'll have to see how that plays out for Geico as well. I haven't heard anything contrary to that, that they weren't going to continue to sponsor Jermaine racing. So that's the biggest thing um, that I take from this is hopefully it doesn't cost these teams individual sponsorships. Exactly, and it doesn't sound like it is with Pertech coming back uh, for that two-race deal with uh, with Team Penske. Uh, so that's uh, that's uh, a really good uh, really good thing for the team, as well as for the new partnership uh, sponsorship model for the series. And that's where Geico is coming on board. Uh, they're going to be a premier partner with NASCAR to sponsor the Cup Series for the 2020 season. And uh, there will be more that will be coming on board uh, as NASCAR will take on multiple partners rather than naming a lone partner uh, for this 2020 season and beyond. So uh, this is a a new model uh, for NASCAR, 
and uh, something for fans to keep their eyes uh, tuned in for as more uh, partners uh, tend, uh, tend to come on board. And I know NASCAR has been working really hard uh, with a lot of these companies. Uh, GEICO has been a longtime sponsor uh, within the uh, Cup Series, uh, but to see them now coming on as a premier partner with NASCAR Cup Series uh, for the 2020 season uh, is a pretty cool thing to see. Well, and it looks like, at least at this point, I hadn't seen it from anybody else, but this article obviously has the tweets from Adam Stern, so that might be one you want to follow on Twitter, um, A underscore S12, uh, to follow along. As uh, Sharon mentioned, Geico, the first company to sign on as the premier partner for its new Cup Series sponsorship model. Next year, America, the first time NASCAR hasn't had the title sponsor since 1971, when R.J. Reynolds' company came on board with the Winston. And also, the NASCAR, it says NASCAR will break down the season into different segments, like the already established NASCAR Goes West, and those premier partners will get presenting rights to them. No brand will be attached to the NASCAR Cup Series names. And if I could highlight on my laptop here, it says teams will be able to land competitors as sponsors. I think that is a key, huge factor in this. We've seen it in the past, and it yeah. has hurt, possibly destroyed some teams. <laughs> Excuse me. So, again, I would try and highlight that on my laptop if I could. Yes, I think that is uh, definitely a positive note uh, for race fans to be aware of. And, again, uh, for news to be on the alert for, because there will be more sponsors uh, sponsorship partners coming on board for the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, and, in fact, we've already started saying NASCAR Cup Series, NASCAR Xfinity Series, NASCAR Gander Outdoor Truck Series. So uh, that's the only one um, uh, that is just going to be the NASCAR Cup Series uh, because the title sponsors are already listed in the other two series. But uh, uh, that is great news. Okay, uh, let's go. Andy's not here yet, so let's go with another topic. Uh, but I know Andy wants to get into the silly season stuff, so you might want to avoid that until he comes on board. <laughs> well, and I was going to say, if you're taking that as the topic, that's like the topic for the next uh, good chunk of time. And I'm not saying just tonight. It's going to be a while here, I think, as more dominoes are falling. But one we can talk about, we saw a couple of incidences this weekend, um, coincidentally kind of together, two team haulers that had issues on the way to Kansas Speedway, one having a fire and the other having an accident on the interstate. Um, I know one of them was the JTG Daughtery Hauler. The other was the College Racing Xfinity Series team for College Racing, specifically the number 10 of Ross Chastain. And I did hear an update on that today on Sirius XM Speedway that I believe Richard Childress has stepped up as well as some other teams. A lot of teams apparently in the garage offering to help out. But Richard Childress Racing there, who they have an alliance with, uh, apparently does have cars on the road for him that are supposed to get there at 8 a.m. tomorrow, depending on the NASCAR window for garage time. Obviously, that team would be uh, given a little bit of a break. Um, to get some things taken care of if the garage is not open as a whole. NASCAR will work with them on that. But um, unfortunate situation for these teams 
And I know we talked about this with the junior airplane incident. You know, it's actually fortunate we don't see more of it because these these haulers are out on the road. Yeah. You know, what did they say? What did they say? I think especially with Monday being a rain delay, that they probably got back Tuesday and did a really quick turnaround. They got two driver teams, so uh, you know, I mean, they got the manpower to do it, but. It was a quick turn, especially this week, and I don't know if that's what specifically led to these problems. Yeah, it's hard to say. There are two separate incidences in the number in in the situation with the uh, colleague number ten hauler. Uh, it was a medical issue that occurred with the driver of the hauler, and uh, the the backup driver that was in the hauler with him tried to save the truck but uh, was unsuccessful in that effort. Uh, And it did kind of go over the embankment uh, and uh, did some damage to the hauler. Uh, And in the case with the JTG Doherty uh, uh, hauler, uh, that hauler was uh, actually caught on fire and uh, on the way to Kansas. And again, uh, a lot of these uh, a lot of these teams are stepping up to try to help support these teams in making sure that the drivers have cars uh, that they need uh, in order to uh, participate in the race at Kansas. So two entirely separate incidences. And uh, in the case with uh, Colleague Racing, both of those drivers have been released from the hospital, and they are now at home and uh, doing well. So uh, just an FYI there. Now, Andy just sent me a note. He said he just landed. He's probably going to call in closer to the 1030 time frame. So uh, I guess uh, that's not going to prohibit us from uh, getting into uh, some of the other hot topics here. But uh, uh, two big events. It's it's really sad to see that happen. Uh, There was a full moon this week, but I – I don't know. I thought it was before all of this happened. It, it was on the waning full moon. <laughs> well, and I say, I, you know, I, I don't remember if I heard it, somebody else mention it, but it crossed my mind in just that they were talking about it, of Monday being the rain delay following Talladega. Again, they normally get the yeah. trucks ready and leave on Wednesday. You know, that quick turn. Uh, again, it doesn't sound like anything like that is, has led to any of these issues, but that thought did cross my mind as well as uh, somebody else's. But um, as, as a whole, like I said, you know, you don't hear about this a whole lot considering the amount of time that these cars and drivers spend on the road, just like with Dale Earnhardt Jr., the amount of teams and drivers and crews that spend time on airplanes that, you know, Really, if you look at the overall picture, it's very fortunate that it doesn't happen more often or we don't hear more about it. And the other thing that I take from it, we talked about the NASCAR community. I mean, they come together, again, multiple teams offering to help these two that are in need. Yes, they really have come together on this. And uh, it's one of the things that uh, uh, really make you feel good about uh, being a fan of this sport. Um, okay, let's go ahead and get into the silly season stuff because there's a lot of stuff here when it comes to silly season. Um, let's start with the Ricky Stenhouse announcement. Uh, you know, he was let go from uh, Rush Fenway Racing uh, recently when it was announced that Chris Busher 
was going to be taking over the duties of the number 17 car at Rush Fenway Racing. Uh, there was some speculation uh, that Ricky Stenhouse was one of two or three other drivers uh, that were being considered for JTD, G. Doherty Racing. Uh, they are in alliance with Rush Fenway Racing uh, as a Ford uh, uh, team. And so it ends up being more or less a trade <laughs> between these two drivers with Ricky Stenhouse now driving uh, at, for that organization and taking over the seat that was held by Chris Buescher. So uh, good, good news for Ricky Stenhouse, Jr. It, it certainly is. And I don't know, did you see any other names or did it just say they, because I didn't hear any other specific names attached to it. Um, well, I obviously heard Ross there were some... was a name that was attached to it. I heard uh, okay. another one that's not coming to me right now, but I heard, I did hear some other names. Well, and I know Daniel Hemrick is still out there, so um Daniel Hamlet was the other one, yeah. Okay. Um, I I hadn't heard either one of those specifically mentioned. I know they said they did have a couple, um, but I hadn't heard any specific. As far as choosing Ricky Stenhouse, uh, I am happy for him. I I think he does deserve another opportunity. Uh, There's very few times that I would say a driver doesn't deserve a second chance or an opportunity at another race team when things don't work out at the place they're at. Uh, with that, though, there well, is, and I believe this was from, what's that? No, go ahead. Okay, um, I believe it was Monday or Tuesday's NASCAR race hub on Fox uh, FS1. Ricky Craven said something that I really thought was true. Stenhouse is a talented driver, and I'm trying to think of how he worded it, but he needs to step up his driving IQ, going balls to the wall on every lap when maybe the car isn't quite there, you know, isn't always necessarily the best way. And they, they said that Ryan Newman coming into Roush Fenway Racing kind of exposed that. Newman made the playoffs by, if he had a 10th place finishing car, finishing 10th or 9th or in that area versus trying to push it too hard and ending up with a 20th or 30th place finish. And we've talked about a couple drivers that have that, Stenhouse being one of them. So hopefully he does take this opportunity to learn from that. And I think in a couple of his interviews, he even mentioned that, that he knows and sees that, and hopefully he can apply it on the track. Yes, I think that's a good observation. And uh, Ricky Craven is a very insightful guy. Uh, And, and I think along with that, which I think is an excellent point, uh, and, and recognizing Ricky Stenhouse's talent, uh, there's things that he can bring to the table at JTD Doherty that could help uh, kind of bring that organization to another level. And I think Chris Busher did that this season uh, and showed that it can be done at an organization like JTD Doherty. And um, I think that's, Part of what Ricky Stenhouse is going to have to prove uh, going into this next season is that he's the kind of guy that can make that sort of thing happen. Uh, and not only with what he does on the track, but with the insights and, and uh, feedback that he can provide as a driver uh, within the organization and off the track. So uh, he's, he's, he's 
taken a step back in order to move forward on a couple of levels here, but I think it's all good in the long run. Well, and and that was at this point in time, I know that uh, Roush Fenway had a driver in Ryan Newman uh, make the playoffs, uh, almost make it to the second round, almost win the race at Talladega. But when you look at it as a whole, you almost look at it as a lateral move. Uh, I don't see one or the other. You know, JTG Dottery has had their driver in the playoffs uh, once, and so almost like a lateral right. move, if you will. I think the biggest key is whether or not Stenhouse can come in as a leader. Because again, he's now going to be teammate, teamed with Ryan Priest, who is just completing his rookie season this year. That he needs to come in as a leader. Um, and not only help that organization from that aspect, but really be the backbone to the organization. And I know he kind of was or ended up in that position at Roush and maybe didn't quite step up to it or, or fulfill it in the best way, but especially yeah, going over to – and, and that might be. It got put on him when he wasn't ready. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying there's any fault there. It just wasn't – didn't work right um, and, and kind of maybe led Roush in the direction they have gone. Um, so hopefully there again, he, he can learn from that and step into this role. And the reason I say it's really important at JTG daughter is because again, that with Ryan priest, just completing his second year or his rookie year, next year going to be a second year. They're going to need that leadership in a big way from Stenhouse. And I know he can provide to a race team. Uh, we've seen that out route even through what has all gone on there that he has certainly provided to that team. So hopefully it does work work out good for all parties. Right. It, it's certainly going to be a developmental opportunity for Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Uh, not that he's not a good, talented driver. We all recognize that. But he, he and as you mentioned, he recognizes it himself. There's still some development opportunities for him. And this is a great opportunity for him to grow into that development. And uh, so I think it's a win-win uh, all the way around, personally. All right. Uh, I don't know. Again, there's been so many. I don't even know. Not sure where to go next. What's the um, next one you want to tackle? <laughs> we, uh, well, and I know that was, you said here, Andy is coming. Um, kind of, it got, I think, officially announced, um, earlier in the weekend or prior to Mondays, and we just didn't get to it. Talking about college racing in their hall, Ross Chastain has agreed, and that was officially announced, yes. that he will be full-time in the Xfinity Series for that second number 10 team of college racing. He will be full-time running for the championship, which I think is a great opportunity and I think is huge for the Xfinity Series. Yes, I was happy to hear that he's coming back to the Xfinity Series. I thought it was great to watch Ross Chastain in the Truck Series, uh, but I think it's going to be even greater to see him come back to the Xfinity Series uh, with Colleague Racing, and I think he will contend for wins with Colleague Racing. He's already got one race win under his belt with them, and uh, I think he'll be a championship contender. Uh, in that 2020 season with college racing. And I think that'll be a good move uh, to put him with Justin Haley, who is going to be his teammate there at college racing, I believe. Uh, I don't know if that's been announced or uh, if that's the case even, but uh, uh, with the hopes that he'll still be 
uh, with Color Racing next season. Uh, I think it would be great to have both of those drivers together, and and I think uh, Ross Chastain will bring to the team that leadership role uh, that can help a driver like Justin Haley. Uh, not that Justin needs any needs a whole lot, but uh, it's all part of the racing development that that happens with uh, a lot of these drivers. Yeah, and the one thing there, and I know, uh, you know, you said he was uh, discussed as far as JTG Dottery then um, in that ride, and I, I can't imagine he wasn't considered or mentioned in the discussion there at Front Row, which is now the only top ride we know of confirmed as far as being available that David Reagan um, stepped out of. So, uh, you know, and there too, I don't, I think Ross Chastain can obviously be a team leader. He's worked with, and I do believe Justin Haley is coming back there in the uh, number 11 uh, in the primary car there. I, I kind of think he is, was, too. Uh, yeah, I, I don't remember if that, because I think that was a multi-year deal. So I, I do think they said he was coming, that Chastain was coming on and going to be a teammate to Haley. So that might have been a multi-year okay. deal um, with Haley this being his rookie year. Um, and so he's obviously worked with them some already being over at that team. And at, just looking at Chast- Chastain, Ross Chastain, and what he's accomplished, there again, you can't see how he would not be a leader for a team and organization. So I think it's a, I think it's a huge, great move by College Racing. Um, you know, kind of would have liked to see him get a shot at the cup level. But I, like I said, I think it's great for the series, for the Xfinity series. We saw what he did in partial ride last year and supposedly had a full-time ride this year with uh, Chip Ganassi Racing and a sponsor that um, didn't pan out and, and had issues. So uh, I'm glad to see him getting that opportunity next year. And I say, like I said, I think it's going to be huge for the Xfinity series as a whole. Yeah, I agree. Now, a couple of uh, newsworthy items. Uh, I'm going to bring up a couple here uh, that we can talk about while we're waiting for Andy. Uh, the first is that uh, T- Austin Terrio, who raced at Talladega and was caught up in one of the multi-car accidents, uh, is not medically cleared by NASCAR uh, to compete at Kansas. So Garrett Smithley is going to get an opportunity to step into his car uh, and race this week at at uh, Kansas Speedway. So I thought uh, that was interesting news. And then on the other side of that, he'll be dry- – well, first, let me just say, that's for the number 52 car for Rick Rare Racing. Uh, and and uh, that uh, Garrett Smithley will be racing uh, this weekend. So uh, just be aware of that change. And then also it was announced today that uh, Dryam Patty is leaving Roush Fenway at the end of the season. Uh, that was uh, brought up on Sirius XM NASCAR radio. Uh, she, Claire B. Lang is reporting that Brian Patty is leaving Roush Fenway at the end of the season. He currently serves as the crew chief on the number 17 for Ricky Stenhouse. Uh, that ride, of course, is going to be filled by Chris Busher. And, uh, again, this is on the – there's no confirmation of where he's going to be going, uh, but this is reported by Claire B. Lang on SiriusXM NASCAR Radio. Uh, and your thoughts about that news? 
Well, to start with the Austin Terrio thing, I like the fact that, again, NASCAR is doing some checking and follow-up on these drivers, especially after a race like Talladega. Uh, it's unfortunate for Austin Terrio, and they don't release specifics as to what is, uh, what is wrong, but they just said they haven't medically cleared him. Um, I know it's got to be heartbreaking for him, but obviously NASCAR is acting in the, in the best, uh, best interest of the drivers themselves as well as then other competitors if somebody's out there when they shouldn't be. So uh, I like the procedure. I like the fact that they're following up. Uh, again, I know it's got to be just heartbreaking for Austin Terrio. Uh, make the best of the situation and move on. Uh, as far as the, um, excuse me, uh, Brian Patty, I had heard something about that earlier in the week of whether or not he was going to be moving with Ricky Stenhouse. I hadn't heard that. I hadn't heard the official announcement that he was actually leaving Roush. So, there again, there, when we talk about silly season, it's just not just a matter of drivers. These crew chiefs, uh, sponsors, there's a lot that play into it. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he ends up following Ricky Stenhouse, if, if he has that kind of connection and faith in his driver, for that driver he has worked with. Yes, uh, that will be interesting, and I'm assuming that they're clearing the way for for the crew chief that uh, Chris Busher wants to work with, uh, and I don't know if that's the crew chief he had at uh, JTG Doherty or if it's someone else, uh, but I'm assuming they're going to pair him up uh, with a, obviously a different crew chief uh, than Brian Patty, and you're right, it could be that he's going to go uh, follow Ricky Stenhouse. Um, okay. You know, I, I had, <laughs> I'm communicating I had, with Andy here while we're talking. Yeah, so I saw that. I apologize. Okay, so let no, me do I, that. I, in... Okay, go ahead. And I know you're going to have to take take him on. Um, I wanted to follow up on something you said there of, uh, of an aspect. I looked at it as. Um, Brian Patty may be choosing to leave based on following Ricky Stenhouse. You might be right. It might be Chris Busher coming in there saying, hey, I got somebody I want. Let's make it happen. So uh, definitely an aspect I hadn't thought about as, as far as why that was happening. Like I said, I, I kind of assumed it was Brian choosing to follow maybe Ricky or go elsewhere, but it might be that that, that the new driver coming in says, hey, I got somebody in mind. I need room for him. <laughs> Yes, and and I think that might indeed be the case. But, you know, time will tell the rest of the story. We're both speculating here. Uh, I do have to get in my announcement real quick here as well. We're going to go off the air at 1030 Eastern Time, uh, but that doesn't mean we're going to stop recording. We'll continue recording the rest of the conversation uh, that will be available on our podcast that is available via all of the links uh, that are already out there for our show for tonight. Now, um, if you've listened up to this point, all you have to do is fast forward uh, to the two-hour mark, and you'll hear the rest of the conversation uh, as part of our overtime bonus material. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, it's going to be pretty seamless. You'll be able to listen straight through. What I do is uh, as soon as we finish up here, I go out on Twitter. I let people know that the podcast is available, and uh, hopefully you'll be able to listen shortly afterward uh, to the rest of that conversation. So uh, with that, uh, let's uh, go ahead. Andy's uh, on board here with us now. He's going to let me know, though. He's still in route. 
uh, trying to get home, he's going to let me know when he's uh, at home uh, and safely placed uh, where he can uh, kind of join the conversation uh, without uh, jeopardizing his safety on the road. So uh, as soon as we get that word from him, uh, we will bring him he will unmute himself and bring him into the bring himself into the conversation. So with that, Jay, now I've forgotten where we've left off. So help me out here. Well, we were just wrapping <laughs> up with a couple of news things items. at one time. We're kind of wrapping up with just a couple other uh, random news items. Kind of kind of knowing that Andy was coming, obviously wanted to partake in some of this silly season discussion. Um, we got a couple options here. We could talk about Andy and see how long he'll stay muted if we talk about him. Um, or I can go ahead and tell you that I have opted to possibly give you your pick in the Xfinity series. I picked before you, and I am not going to take Cole Custer. I'm going to go with Justin Allgaier. Did Andy pick already? In the oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Series? I thought you saw that come through. Andy took uh, Chase Briscoe. Oh, he took Briscoe. Okay, I missed that. Okay, so Andy has Briscoe. You're taking Justin who? Allgaier. Justin Allgaier. You're taking Allgaier. Okay, which, well, which Cole Custer Custer does, available. So he does not have the best of luck at Kansas Speedway, but I'm going to stick with Cole Custer just because. Well, and that's I'm thinking that's kind of why I was like I looked at it and I'm like I know he's been so great this year regardless of how his history at tracks, but Algar does have a good history there, so. Okay, well, I'll go ahead and take Cole Custer uh, because he has had a great season, and uh, just because he hasn't had good luck there in the past doesn't mean that he won't win there this weekend. So There you go. Okay, uh, I'm looking at our list of – it's such a big list this week. Uh, there's also well, the news, and I know Andy's real happy with this news, that Boyer – uh, his uh, officially extending his relationship with Stuart Haas Racing in the number 14 for the 2020 season. Yeah, that was one we kind of heard rumor of already early in the week, but it wasn't official until today. Um, great news for him. Again, I think it, it, I don't see any reason to not. Uh, we'll see if he is able to still focus on this season, obviously uh, in a bit of a position. And it looks like Andy might be ready now. So what a time to be able to come in. Um, he's obviously in a position to possibly move on to the next round. It's going to take a little bit of work, uh, possibly a win and win only. But he's had a good season. and uh, Not the, not a win, but still a good season. And I think they can continue that. It still leaves that open question of, as you just t- talked about your Xfinity pick of Cole Custer, and what might happen there. So there's still some unknowns, even with some of the signings and names that have secured positions. Yes, indeed. So, Andy, are you there with us? Yeah, sorry. I'm so late, guys. I'm just finishing up work for the night. But this is obviously a a really big week for, well, today, really. <laughs> a lot of stuff going on. So <laughs> how are you guys doing? No, we're Good. doing all right. And and we hope you you are doing the same. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's been a pretty pretty good day, I think, overall. Okay, so uh, what are your thoughts about Boyer uh, signing on with? Uh, I know you and I kind of uh, uh, messaged 
messengered back and forth about this a little bit earlier today. Uh, but uh, tell us your thoughts about Clint Boyer coming on board at Stuart Haas Racing. Well, I mean, I mean, everyone knows I'm a fan of his, so I'm happy about it, certainly. I mean, I was admittedly hoping that he'd go at least one more year. He will be 41 next year. I think that puts him in a category to maybe only run one more year. Um, and I think that with the implementation of the 2021 car, with, with a lot of just significant changes, you might see a lot of veteran drivers uh, retire after next year, him included. I mean, who knows? It, it remains to be seen. But certainly glad to see at least one more season out of him. You know, I mean, that, that team, I think, has pretty good chemistry. Um, they've had some success. I, you know, definitely agree with Jay. It could be better. I think that when you look at Stuart Haas Racing in general, Kevin Harvick really, I think, carries that team around, <laughs> you know, without a doubt. But, um, you know, that is a team that's made the playoffs two years in a row. And, um, you know, certainly, you know, for them to be able to do it at least one more year is, is good. And I think that it allows them to go and maybe focus on trying to go for that win to make it to the, the third round of the playoffs this weekend. So certainly good news. I, I am intrigued by the, the future of that team. You know, when you think three, four, five years down the road, I don't, I don't think it includes anybody that currently drives for the team. Um, you know, so we'll see how that all plays out. But yeah, it's cool to see him come back for at least one more, you know, and um, to be able, and I think, you know, the bottom line too is it's nice to see that not all the veterans are getting pushed out. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of veterans get pushed out in the last few years. And so for some of these teams to recognize the value of a veteran driver, I think that certainly, um, that certainly is a good thing. And, and I think that when you look at Clint's personality too, I mean, somebody that uh, definitely brings an entertainment value to the sport that we don't necessarily see a lot, you know, these days. So, and, and I, from what I understand, you know, he has developed relationships with a lot of his sponsors that I think probably had something to do with the decisions as well. So it's good news, certainly from, from my point at being a fan of him, but um, it, it's cool to see a veteran get a chance to drive a good car for at least another year. And, you know, um, that being said, to touch on the Custer deal, I, I, I think Clint getting re-signed was maybe a little bit of a surprise. I, I can't sit here and say that I thought for sure it was going to happen. I didn't. I, I actually thought that, um, you know, there might be some changes there. Um, so for him to, to get the opportunity to come back is a pleasant surprise. Um, I'm excited to see Custer get in a cup car. I think that he's going to do really well when he gets there. Um, the question just becomes where, because, you know, my gut down, deep down says that Soares will probably re-sign too, although that has not been announced yet. So um, one of the scenarios I posted, you know, in, in our discussion was that with the chassis implementation rule for next year, a lot of these mega teams like Stuart Haas are going to have a surplus of race cars and could easily form an alliance possibly with a, with a go fast or somebody like that and essentially provide equipment and cars, you know, for maybe like a one year deal. So um, whatever Cole winds up doing, I think he's going to be in good shape, you know, and I think that um, even if he has to wait a year or two to get into an actual SHR car, you know, he, he has a bright future in the sport. So 
Um, but overall, good news. Certainly happy about it and looking forward to seeing how this season finishes out and what they can do next year. Yeah, I think it's going to make it very interesting, to tell you the truth. I, I, um, I, I'm happy for Clint Boyer uh, getting an extension with uh, Stuart Haas Racing, knowing that he's going to be back in the 2020 season. For all the reasons that you bring up, Andy, he's got a great personality as far as uh, entertainment value uh, within the sport, uh, a great relationship with his sponsors. We know how sponsorship-driven uh, this sport is. And uh, uh, he, there's a lot of good things that Clint Boyer brings to the table. So uh, I'm glad to see that he's been re-signed and we'll see him racing for at least another year. Uh, on the Cole Custer piece, uh, and I think I said this in our notes, uh, as, as much as I would love to see him at Stuart Hawes Racing, um, I agree with you. I think there's also a good chance that Daniel Suarez will be back uh, with Stuart Haas Racing because I think he, too, brings a lot to the table uh, when you consider that he's the first international driver to win a championship in NASCAR, uh, winning the Xfinity Series title. Uh, he has the potential to one day uh, win a championship in the Cup Series, uh, and and uh, I think he deserves another opportunity uh, to be back in that race car with Stuart Haas Racing next year. Um but we'll have to wait and see if that indeed does happen. A lot of it comes down to the sponsorship, and uh, we'll have to see if, if he brings that with him, and I think he has the potential to do that. Uh, uh, the other part of that is that, um, and I, this is what I said in, in our messaging earlier, there's a part of me that thinks that there might be some benefit um to Cole Custer Racing with another organization other than Stuart Haas Racing. His dad has deep ties uh, with the Haas Automation and uh, that organization, and uh, he's always going to have that little bit of an umbrella over his head. Now, I know a lot of the drivers have that with their team situations, so it's not anything that's unique, but I think... Uh, that there's a possibility that it, it could do Cole some good to race for another team. Uh, and I could see him maybe be in a fourth car at uh, uh, Team Penske, for example, uh, which is a premier organization uh, with, uh, you know, three teammates that are doing really well in the Cup Series. Um, I could also see him going, uh, you know, with, you know, very similar to what is happening with uh, Matt DiBenedetto uh, moving up into another ride. And, and now uh, Christopher Bell is going to be racing in his old, uh, his seat, the number 95 car with Levine Family Racing. So I, I think there's some benefits, when I, especially when I think about uh, them contending for Rookie of the Year. I know that they want to do the best possible thing that they can possibly do for Cole Custer. Uh, we've got three drivers uh, that are, are going to move up into the Cup Series, and potentially. And uh, you've got Tyler Reddick with R R Richard Childress Racing. You've got uh, Christopher Bell with that JTG Jordy and Ch and, and um, Cole Custer now. Uh, we're not sure where he's going to land. But wherever he lands, 
uh, I, I've got to guess that he's going to be a, chan- uh, a rookie of the year contender, uh, in addition to possibly even making the chase, or the playoffs next year. So uh, we'll have to see how that plays out because it's not an easy transition. But, uh, Jay, do you have any follow-ups there? Well, you bring up an interesting point of uh, of running for somebody outside of Stuart Haas, um, if nothing else, for maybe a year or two. Um, and I and I think back to Ty Dillon running with Jermaine Racing. Yes, they are an affiliate to Richard Childress Racing, but they are not the Childress team, um, which is where Austin Dillon is at. So, and he has made that quite clear that that was his decision and something he wanted to do and is content with where he's at. So um, that certainly is kind of an interesting thought to that. Uh, I Again, I, I just don't see how they can not bring him up and, and assist him somehow, some way. Uh, you know, going to maybe Team Penske is a little bit out there, especially since they don't have that fourth team, whereas, again, I think maybe Go Fast Racing with some some support from Stuart Haas Racing could really amount to something and, and take the next step in their program that they've been building on for several years. And <clears throat> I think that would be a great opportunity for Cole Custer. Again, whether it be one year, we know Clint Boyer only re-signed for one year. We'll have to wait and see with Suarez what happens there. But um, I think that I don't, I don't see where I, in his case, we've seen him be in the Xfinity series for multiple years and do really good this year, stepping up extremely much, winning multiple races, and going to be a contender for the championship. He's not at a point where I would say one more year of Xfinity would help him. I, you know, I really believe right. he is at the point of he's gotten what he can. He stayed that extra year already, maybe, um, you know, to just ensure. And it's it's obviously delivered with the wins he has. So I really, like I said, don't see him in the Xfinity year another year being a, a good thing. It's kind of a stalemate at that point. Okay. Uh, Andy, any follow-up on your end? Yeah, I'd really I, I'd really like to see Cole get in the Cup Series if for any other reason. You know, just think of that rookie class. Christopher Bell, I know. Uh, Custer, and, and Reddick. I mean, that to me, and I've been watching the sport for 18 and a half years. To me, that sticks out as the potential best rookie class we've seen in a very long time. So if for any other reason, I hope he gets in a, in a good cup car just to go out there and compete with those guys. I think it'd be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, real quick, what other topics did you guys talk about it that I could maybe touch on for well, like a I couple, up, three minutes? Well, can I bring up one more topic and then I'm going to give you a chance to co- comment on all the other silly season news because we've pretty I'll much covered quick. that. <laughs> and, and yeah, Johnson decided, uh, has said that he's going to decide his future with NASCAR within the next six months. Uh, and I want to get your guys' thoughts about that. And then we'll go to the other silly season news for you, Andy. Andy, why don't you go on this one? Okay. Um, that it, I'm intrigued by that because Johnson is someone I thought would keep going for a while, but it's no secret that the last two years have not gone the way that he's been hoping for. And, you know, maybe maybe he's reevaluating where he's at in his life and what he wants to do. Uh, which certainly when you're a seven-time champion, you've earned the right to make whatever decision you want, certainly. Um, you know, I'd like to see him go out on top. It'd be pretty cool to see him win some races and, and be a playoff contender again next year, and I hope that that's the case. 
Um, you know, but uh, certainly I think he he is at that point where it's time to maybe start thinking about what's next, and certainly have to respect him for that. Okay, uh, Jay. Well, he was on uh, NASCAR NBC SN Motormouth uh, Wednesday. I don't know if anybody caught that, right. but he talked about how he talked about how he too likes the Chevrolet Corvette um, that the other drivers were talking about during the uh, the race there on set on Sunday or Monday. Um, yes, the option is there. I personally think he has already made his decision. They just haven't signed the dots or crossed the T's and dotted the I's. I do think he is going to be there at least for another year or two. I don't know if it'll go parallel with what Ally re-upped, but he talked about right now, just in these last part, half of the season, with another crew chief change and what he's been building with Cliff Daniels and what he sees for the future of that team. I think he wants to be a part of getting that team back to where it was before stepping away and turning it over to somebody else. That is just my impression from that interview. Um, like I said, I think that decision has been all but signed. Uh, again, I know he did reference that he would be talking it over with his wife as well as Mr. Hendrick, but I, I get the strong feeling that decisions have been made. They're just not ready to announce it. And I, I see him there for two, if not three years, uh, along with what ally Rhea. Okay. Uh- I don't – I'm not necessarily thinking that the decision's been made yet. I think he's still trying to decide. I think that he wants to leave this sport uh, not in this way. I don't think he wants to leave this sport uh, with the season that he just came off of. I think he wants to to uh, rebuild. I think he wants to bring his his team back up to where it was, where he was contending in, in, in playoff contention. And uh, I do think that uh, uh, part of the reason he's saying four to six months is because he wants to start next season and uh, really see how things go and then make his decision about wh- how long he's going to stay. Uh, if things are going well, I think we're going to see Jimmy Johnson at least for one more year, possibly two. Uh, but uh, uh, I think if things, I don't think he wants to keep going through this kind of a season year after year before he departs. Uh, so uh, I think he's he's uh, saying four to six months to give him a, a chance to really start off the next season. Andy. Any yeah, follow-up? no, I I agree. Um, I agree. You know, and and I I really hope to see him improve and, and get back to winning races and, and being a contender again. And uh, hopefully before he does retire, we see that. And hopefully that starts, you know, the last few races this year and into next year. So looking forward to it. I've always respected Jimmy Johnson, a great, a great person and certainly an even greater competitor and uh, hoping that if any, above all else, I hope he's able to at least go out on his own terms. And I think that he's certainly earned that. Okay, uh, I want to give you a chance to kind of uh, sound off on some of the other uh, uh, silly season moves that we talked about. We talked about the haulers uh, and those situations at College Racing and JTG Doherty. We talked about the Geico signing on as a partner for the Cup Series in 2020 under the new sponsorship uh, model. Uh, we talked about Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Uh, going to JTG Doherty. 
Uh, let's see, we talked about Terrio not being medically cleared to race at Kansas and Smithley taking his seat. Uh, we talked about Brian Patty leaving at Rush Fenway Racing uh, and Boyer. And, came in at Boyer. And, and, and Ross Chastain going to college racing in the Xfinity oh, yeah. Series. That's right. You're right. Okay, oh, just so that. Where, where do you That's want to start? not very much. <laughs> okay, well, I'll talk about <laughs> the, the sponsorship model for the Cup Series. I believe it was announced Geico and also PureTech, from what I saw, have signed well, on to be. PureTech is actually with Team Penske. Oh, okay. You the read t- that the title of that article is misleading. Yeah, the, the title of that article is kind of misleading. <laughs> gotcha. Yes, um, yes. Well, certainly, you know, it's exciting to see Geico come in um, and be a partner. I think they're the first of many, and I, and I like this new model where it now allows several different partners to get their name associated with the Cup Series, kind of like we see in other sports. In other words, there's no actual brand name associated with the Cup Series anymore. So I think it gets more people involved. Certainly, uh, pretty, you know, a pretty good, I think, model moving forward. Uh, as far as Austin Terrio goes, I was surprised to see that. I hope he's okay. Um, apparently, this stems from a crash from Talladega last week. So certainly, disappointed he won't be racing at Kansas. But well wishes are with him. Hopefully, he gets better in time to at least finish out the season um, driving for Rick, uh, Rick Ware Racing. Say that fast five times. Um, <laughs> so certainly thinking about him. Um, Brian Patty leaving Roush, I, I think, is a bit of a surprise. He's a very talented crew chief. He's had a lot of success over the years. That could be a move that is in conjunction with Fenhouse leaving, which um, obviously excited for him to get the opportunity at JTG. Um, another veteran driver that I'm, I feel like didn't deserve to be pushed out yet. Um, I, I think that Ricky certainly has some years left, and I'm glad that he's going to get an opportunity to continue racing in the Cup Series. I'm a little surprised. I thought that car might go to Daniel Hemrick. So um, with that being said, I think that that 37 car is one of the last decent opportunities left. So uh, I think that Stenhouse can bring something to that team uh, in terms of helping improve their performance and maybe take on a mentorship and leadership role with his teammate, Ryan Priest, who's still new to the Cup Series. So good move there. Looking forward to seeing what he can do. Um, super excited about Ross Chastain joining the Cup Series next year. Or, I'm sorry, the Xfinity Series with Colleague Racing. I think it's a redemption opportunity. Um, when you look at what, how things went with uh, Chip Ganassi Racing, uh, this year uh, with a loss of sponsorship. Certainly excited for him to get this opportunity in a good Xfinity car to go race for a championship next year. Um, extremely excited for him. I'm, I can't wait to see what he's going to do because he's going to be an instant playoff contender. So that's that's exciting. Um, let's see, what else? The hauler accident, I can't believe there were two of them this week. Obviously, I think the in the college racing accident, one of the drivers had a medical condition. The other one wasn't able to save the truck in time. They went off the road, road and rolled over. Um, fortunately, I believe Richard Childress Racing is stepping in to help provide a car for the 10 team to go compete at Kansas this week. So kudos to them for stepping up and helping out. Um, obviously, thoughts are with the drivers. Hope they're going to be okay. It sounds like they are making the recovery in the hospital. And then, as crazy as it may seem, but the, the one with JTG Doherty Racing, um, had a fire, and it sounds like there may have been some damaged equipment there. I haven't seen or heard a status on that as of this evening, but certainly, 
you know, hopefully that team can get things going as well. I think that what it does is, is it highlights, you know, the, the travel that's done every week. You can look at Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s plane crash too. Um, you know, teams flying every week, these trucks driving all around the country. It's amazing that we don't see more incidents like this. It's just crazy that there were two in one week. So hopefully they get things straightened out. Everyone heals uh, properly and gets on the men soon. Um, what did I miss? There's got to be something I miss. Oh, Harrison Burton, you guys have talked about him yet or no? Oh, yeah, we have not talked about him yet. Go ahead. Um, well, I'm, I'm also extremely excited for him joining um, the 20 car at Gibbs full-time next year in the Xfinity Series. I have to admit, I thought he might run one more truck season. was really hoping to see him make the playoffs and win some races this year, which I hadn't seen him do. But that being said, I feel like he is an extremely talented driver. And I feel like he ran better in the Xfinity car this year in the handful of races he's run. So it's entirely possible he gets in and has more success and, and becomes a playoff driver next year in a, in a Gibbs car. You certainly can't bet against that 20 car. That, that's a, a rocket ship. So really excited about that opportunity. Um, but is there anything else I missed? I think that was all the big ones. Um, certainly a lot that went on, not just this week, but today specifically. <laughs> it's been a crazy week. Yeah, it has been a crazy week. It's been a, a lot of hot topics for us to cover. Uh, your thoughts, uh, Jay, about Harrison Burton? It doesn't. It doesn't surprise me. Uh, very few drivers we see that do multiple years in the Truck Series, especially when they display the amount of talent that a driver like Harrison Burton has. And I know he hasn't won a race, um, didn't contend for the championship, but. We've seen the talent he has when he's been in cars, whether it be in the K&N, Arkham Menards, or in the Xfinity Series. So um, I don't see many drivers doing that two years in the truck series. Now, when it comes to the Xfinity Series, that's another story of getting that extra experience in a car that is at least more similar to the cup side than the trucks. So uh, great to see him there. The only problem I see, and again, it'll – so many things that come into play, but with him moving into the Xfinity series this year, you almost got to look at maybe he's going to have to do three years because there's still no room at the end at the cup level uh, <laughs> at this point. So, you know, even if he were to come out, win rookie of the year, win the title in his rookie year that we've talked about three drivers getting to do, what does that leave him? Another year, at least in the Xfinity series before they got to look at the cup level and start, looking again at where is their room. Well, and again, I think uh, it's kind of good news for the Cup Series maybe, I mean for the Xfinity Series maybe, if he does have to stay there for three years, uh, because I think he'll bring a lot to that series as far as being a a, uh, contender uh, for victories. Um, and, And you're right, it's not a huge surprise. Uh, I, I guess the the next question is what's going to happen with Todd Gilliland because both of those guys won championships in the Canon Pro Series uh, together in the East and the West, and uh, uh, you got to wonder what's going to happen with Todd Gilliland if if he'll benefit from staying in the Truck Series another season or will he come up to the Xfinity Series with DGR Crossley? Uh, next season Uh, We'll have to kind of wait and see how that plays out Um, But 
I think it's great news for Harrison Burton, and I think well-deserved. I think he's a talented guy, and I think he'll do really well in that Xfinity series. So uh, with that, we're coming up to the top of the hour here. I think we covered a lot, Jay and Andy. (laughs) We certainly did. At least. and and with that, let's go ahead and go around the table and do the roundtable sign-offs here. Jay, you want to start? All right. You can follow me at Michael Hoosman on Facebook, MoparMJ8 on Twitter and Instagram. And if I had to tell you to sit down last week, I don't know what to tell you this week. Uh, it's a possibility I may go to a race down in Louisiana, but that is not even a necessarily decided thing. Uh, again, down here, and I know you guys are going to laugh at me, but it's getting a little chilly down here. I think it was in the 50s. Um, so <laughs> Yeah, I'm laughing. We do, we, we do. Yeah, I figured you both would. Um, do have a couple more races coming up here in the next couple of weeks, but this one is kind of a down weekend, so uh, I don't know what I'm going to be doing. You can watch the races on TV at Kansas Speedway. That's oh, there right. you go. Turn my, turn my heat up, and you're right. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Andy. Yeah, for me it's uh, Alasky14 on uh, Twitter, and um, yeah, looking forward to this weekend. Um, apparently, we've had a full moon for like the last week here, so I can only imagine what you know a cutoff race for the Cup Series is going to be like. Plus, round of eight kicks off for Xfinity. Looking forward to seeing how those guys do. So, a lot of a lot of exciting and, and fun racing this weekend that uh, I think we all can look forward to and. We'll, uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about Monday. Absolutely. We've got the ARCA Championship on the line this week at Kansas as well, and uh, it's going to be a full, exciting weekend of racing, without a doubt, starting with tomorrow's race. So uh, with that, uh, I am Fan for Racing site on Twitter, Fan for Racing blog and radio elsewhere on social media, and, uh, of course, uh, we have our uh, fanforacing.com and I really am going to stay up tonight and see if I can't get some articles posted uh, for tomorrow uh, that will kind of fill in the gaps as far as our preview this week and uh, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to this weekend of racing. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. We appreciate each and every one of you whether you're listening on the podcast or if you're listening to the live broadcast. So uh, with that, I I think we'll call it a wrap and uh, look forward to this weekend of racing. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.